What's going on, guys? This is Cameron Rhodes with the Guided Trip Fly Fishing Podcast. Been a while since we have recorded a podcast and uh, got a couple of the boys back together and decided to sit down and man, did we have a good time. Uh, a lot of fun sitting down, talking with each other and just discussing some topics and I uh, really hope you guys enjoy it and apologize for not posting a podcast for a while, but you know, life happens and we're uh, we're trying to get back into it, so appreciate everybody sitting and, and waiting for us, but um, take a listen to this guy, let us know what you think, you can shoot me an email, theguidedtrip at gmail.com, also check it out on Instagram, the, at theguidedtrip, and um, you can find lots of different info on my website, uh, www.theguidedtrip.com. Tons of blogs. You can also find contact info for booking for guided trips there. Um, but yeah, please check out this uh, latest podcast. It was a, a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. The guided trip. The church that I go to is is the river. I go there to wash everything away. I wish you were there <laughs> drinking rum, crying your little eyes out. <laughs> this fly that my Uncle Jimmy and my grandpa perfected, they found it. They found the materials to tie it in the back of a taxi down in Andros. They just tell you to bring gotchas. Don't bring anything else. When I was out there on the water with people, I was... I can feel the energy of other Definitely. people, and I care about it. I think that's one of the most crucial parts of fly fishing that often gets overlooked. You know, we're jet-lagged, lack of sleep, we're half-drunk. Holding on to your nuts with one hand, you're holding on to the boat with the other hand. Shitting and tall cotton, dude. Man, this is what's going on in the world right now. You know, you're on a boat fishing down a beautiful river. Be deliberate with everything that you do with yeah. fly fishing. Yeah. Well, what do you do on your days off? I'm like, I'm on this boat. I'm rowing people down the river trying to figure out what's fishing. But I love it. I wouldn't change it for anything. I wouldn't trade it, man. It's awesome. Just get a shoebox and put it I in I can there. fix this shit for cheap right now. True. Nice. Yeah, got to do that. Right. All right. Well, it's been a while, boys. Yeah, long time no chat. Um, last time I recorded a podcast was last April. And I didn't even post it because we got a little too saucy. <laughs> and I started uh, editing it. And I was like, this is not good at all. I'm just going to end it here and <laughs> quit. I'm just going to quit. Uh, um, so we have, like, it's been nine months or something or maybe more since I've even posted a podcast. God, yeah, for me, it's um, been, I don't know, double that. Probably. <laughs> um, so we got Ryan McVeigh here. Yeah. He's been on the podcast a ton. Everybody should know who he is for yeah, the most part. Yeah, I matter. Um, <laughs> I matter. Um, and then Patrick Blackdale. Um, you've also been on the podcast quite a bit. Yep. A um, couple times. Three times, maybe? Two I or three? Twice. Twice? Yeah. Both of you guys were on one of the first couple podcasts. Yeah, I, I think, think so. Ryan was on the second one I did. We mm-hmm. were both together. And then I think you were on the third, Patrick. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. So yeah. we got the, the old school crew here. Right. I got to quit fidgeting with my pen. Like, it's distracting. Yeah, Keep looking I'm pretty nervous. Like, so, what are you, what are just because we haven't done one in a while, my, my computer literally has dust on it. The top of it is so dusty because I haven't even opened it and haven't even done anything with the podcast. Um, so, I hopefully, almost, everything I works. Drew a big dick on it. But. <laughs> hopefully, everything works. Um, Patrick, do you want to just 
remind everybody, introduce yourself a little bit, what sure. you do. Just might as well plug yourself. Yeah. Um, Patrick Blackdale. Uh, I run a, a fly shop and outfitting business up in Almont, Colorado, uh, Three Rivers Outfitting. Our fly shop's called Willow Fly Anglers. And uh, yeah, I've been there about eight years now. Um, been guiding since I was 18. So yeah, man, always love getting on the show and just hanging out with you guys. Yeah. And chatting. So For happy sure. to be here. Definitely. Yeah, Ryan? Uh, yeah, my name is Ryan McVeigh. Uh, I work for Colorado Parks and Wildlife. I'm a fish culturist there. Um, live in Pitkin, if any of you guys know it. Uh, pretty secluded, awesome area. Dude, I met a guy who lived up there for eight years alone in a cabin up there, ski in, ski out. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And he was like, dude, it was it was hard. What was his name? Uh, I can't remember his, nut, his last name, but his uh, first name is Dusty. He Dusty. builds houses. I think he's building some houses up there. I know wow. right now. Yeah, yeah he's a cool, dude. Yeah, but like we talked about it. Just I was like, dude, this is like you lived up there for that long alone. <laughs> he's like, yeah, it was really, really hard. Yeah, winters. Yeah, winters are just so mean up here. Yeah, man. it's gnarly. It's just yeah, but yeah. I couldn't even imagine oh, being out and ski in, ski out. Like yeah, he's like, yeah, it was pretty rough. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, my sled broke down. So um. yeah, <laughs> pretty write, rough. He should write a book about. Sorry, it. To, sorry to interrupt. But uh, no. Pickin is a very secluded place. Very secluded. Yeah, not a whole lot of people live up there. Uh, yeah, but it rules. Um, yeah, it's been a while since I've been on the podcast. Uh, just growing babies and growing gray hair. Yeah, man. I mean we've we've all been out for a while. A lot of things have happened. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ryan's got a baby now. Uh huh. Patrick's engaged. Yep. Oh, I didn't yep. know that, man. Congrats, yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah Life. Of, uh, about a month ago. Oh, right on. Yeah. yeah I'm excited. So, things have been happening while we're not doing the podcast, but it's yeah, been look, I, it's we've been, been growing up. Yeah. yeah. I, maybe we'll I see. The, I think the podcast has been holding us back. For yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could be for sure, man. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, it's just been it's been hard to. I think just honestly, like getting everyone together for the most part, and like continuing mm-hmm. with topics and like. Again, just life happening and work and business and everything. Um, so it's been it's been tough. I've definitely gotten emails that like I haven't responded to and like Instagram messages like, "Where's the podcast?" I'm like, Bleh. I don't want to respond to this. So I apologize to everyone out there who's like sitting back, like, "Man, these guys just fell off the radar." <laughs> I don't know if we were on the radar, right? But I think we had a little bit of a fall. Let's, think, let's call I it a spade. A spade here. Like. Yeah. I, who knows, man? I mean. Who knows? Uh, like I said, we built matter. a guide business out of it. That's true. Up the yeah. podcast. Now, so. I've met I've met several people who've sweet. Know, yeah, That's good. Don't know you, but have heard the show. Yeah, and I so Patrick and I met up the other night um, near Almont or in Almont where he works, and uh, kind of discussed some things and talked about getting the podcast rolling again and just seeing what we can do with it and you know just getting getting a little bit of word out there with certain whatever we got to say. Right. I guess. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if you know, Patrick and I did a gorge float this year. No, I didn't know. Yeah. That. Yep. It was sick. Right so, on. So Patrick brought some clients down and we got to float them and fish with them and fish with Patrick first day is, is pretty, pretty awesome. Um, fishing was here or there at times. Yeah. You um, know, it's, it's about, I think what you'd expect out of the gorge that time of year. It was pretty late fall. Okay. Um, you know, but, but that place, man, is is epic you know yeah you know that um and that and that's you know that's what i conveyed to my clients bringing them down there you know he's just some of my favorite people to fish with up here in the summer and dude is such a good crew great like, crew. everyone was awesome yeah great crew great people you know and and that's what i told him you know it's like the fishing is it's fishing it can be great 
it might not be you yeah know? could be good couldn't be good uh you know that's uh that's a that's an old johnny lolo quote right but, uh, yeah <laughs> could be good couldn't be good yeah who um, knows? but but the the scenery you know the float the camping the food was all incredible and that's you know to me that's what makes a great trip you control the variables you can you know all so, the clients meshed oh like, yeah and yeah with guides and everything oh, yeah. and it was it was a lot of fun yeah, yeah. that's what i was going to say that's got to be a huge part right like when you have a really good crew in there uh, it's got to make it way more special than if you have a bunch oh, of guys sure. that don't get along. Yeah, you're not totally. guaranteed. That. Oh, we were all, you know, we got to camp the first day. We're all drinking, listen oh, yeah. to music, you yeah, know, and nice. like talk, telling stories, telling people or about people we know, like, Hey, have you fished with this guy before? You know? And right. like, yep. I mean, it was just, it was awesome. You know, like tons of libations, tons of <laughs> other stuff going around, you know, <laughs> smoking, whatever, you know, like it is what it is down in the gorge, yep. you know, it's a, it's a party a lot. Um, but it like, you don't get to do that often, you know? Right. So it was good for, I think it was good for us guides as well, you know, to just like mesh with clients and like, be like, dude, this is going to be great. You know, oh, yeah. three days with awesome people. And, um, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, third day was great fishing. Yeah. Um, yeah. we had that blowout in the gorge this year that kind of wrecked fishing for a lot of miles. And yep. I remember just burning miles and like, Yep. You know, it's like, hey, we got to get to the bottom, you know, and then it's going to turn on again and oh, yeah. we'll go through the rapids and it'll turn on again. And I, I remember third day was excellent. Yep. Um, and fishing was good and yep. um, got a couple of hopper takes, but most of it was just, you know, nymphing. Um, yeah. But good fishing, good people. And yeah, I mean, can't say enough. I hope we get to do it again, man. I hope you do another one. Yeah, I'd like to, man. Probably won't do one this year because we're wedding planning and. Uh, uh, Got got all that to think about too. Oh so yeah, buddy. <laughs> extracurriculars are on the uh, you know kind of on the uh, the uh, back burner this year, but uh, yeah, we'll definitely get we'll definitely get back down there, man. I I love uh, I love hosting clients. You know, I've only done it a few times, but to be able to take people that you spend time with year after year for sure in your backyard and take them somewhere new and show them somewhere new and just share that experience with people that like, that's, that's so much fun. Yeah. Right? You know, no, it was great, man. Um, I think all of us appreciated it. Um, and like I said, we don't get to do that often. Well, it's got to blow people's minds too, right? There's, these are guys that have, you've fished for years, you know, on the upper, upper, right. And yep. then now you take them into the black, take them into the gorge and it's like, what the hell? It's a totally different river. Right. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, such a cool stretch of river too. It is definitely. Um, so Patrick, you do some work with TU as well, huh? Yeah, yeah. I, um, or have been lately. Yeah, uh, I became the uh, the uh, our local chapter's secretary probably two years ago now. Um, so our local chapter is the Gunnison Angling Society. Um, they've done a lot of great projects over the years. Um, a lot of work on the Gunnison on Spring Creek. Um, you know, Tamichi. Um, and so, yeah, they, it's an awesome chapter. Um, the toughest thing with a small chapter in a place like Gunnison is just getting people to show up, yeah. you know? Um, so it's been fun. I'm to guilty be, of that. I yeah, don't totally. show, I don't show up often. Yeah, um, man. And I, like I was, too. I kind of pick and choose. I'm like, oh, I'll go to yeah. that meeting or not that <laughs> meeting. Like, yep. So, yep. It's, it's tough, man, because we all have our lives going on, like we're saying, you know? So, but it's fun to be a part of, you know, something bigger even if it's just, you know, like what I do, I just show up and take some notes and then email it to the chapter afterwards. And there you go. It's pretty straightforward, but it's something. You yeah, know? definitely. Are you, are we still doing the fly fish and film tour at all? Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think we're trying to nail down dates for that right now, but it's, uh, it's going to probably be in the spring. So you're going to have venue. 
Yeah, hopefully. Well, I think plan A is probably to do it at the college. Okay. Um, yeah. Cause they have that nice. That's theater. what we've done in years past. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but we're, I think we're still figuring that stuff out. Yeah. I don't know what the deal is with that. Um, as far as filming or putting up films at the college, but I don't I mean, either. it's a super nice facility. Oh, it's oh. I should be doing that. Yeah. Ibar would be cool too. Yeah. But it is spring, so it could snow. Who knows? Yeah. Right. Weather's questionable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Worst case, I mean, we all cram into a bar somewhere and yeah, get nice right? and cozy. Well, and, uh, we'll have to get back with you on some dates for that. Um, yep. Just for, I mean, I guess local people listening, if they are, yep. you know, I know a couple of <laughs> people that do listen. Yep. Um, for that, I am donating a trip still Sweet. for that. Awesome. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Two person half day float. So. Yeah, if you're there and are you doing bids on that or what do you, or is it a raffle I, or what? So in Colorado, raffles are actually illegal. Whoa. Yeah, as far as I know. I had no idea. Yeah, I so did um, not know that. we're calling it a door prize. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah. But, but <laughs> basically, it's a raffle. Nice little workaround. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. definitely. Yeah, can't advertise it as a raffle, but yeah, that's that's the goal. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and then you said you, did you go fish CNR? I did. Monday? Yeah. How was yeah. that? It was good, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Flows are low flows are low um had the stretch to ourselves i went with a buddy we had the stretch to ourselves pretty much most of the day um another car showed up in the afternoon but uh yeah plenty of fish nothing huge but i mean did you see anything big or no saw a couple big fish right away um got there it was probably like 10 below up there couldn't even feel my fingers man this is stupid i can't (laughs) i'm turning into like a fair weather like when i go fishing now i'm like man i i don't want to go if it's going to be cold like i and i know that sounds messed up but i'm with you it's true though i I mean i got here 10 years ago i swear i'm getting older my circulation's getting worse (laughs) but 10 years ago it didn't bother me now man dude i i I just i can't do it i I just don't even i can't want to I don't need, I'm, I don't even want to think about it. Like it makes my, like, I just cringe when I think about going and fishing in that cold weather. I'm like, oh, yeah. man, I can't wait for, you know, some warmer weather, melt some ice. And then like, uh-huh. you know, we get 50 degree days. You're like, all right, I'm good with that. You know I mean? I drove two and a half hours the other day to get into 60 degree weather and go fish. Worth yeah. it. Cause I was just like, dude, I, d- I don't want to be around here. I mean, I'm yeah. going to go do it tomorrow for 41 degrees. Yeah. I'm stoked, <laughs> man. It, it, like I'm, I'm just like turning into this fair weather guy and like getting to this like state of mind where I'm like, dude, I only want to fish if it's warm. I only want to fish dry flies. I don't want big fish. <laughs> like, how can I make that? And it sounds terrible. And I'll only but... do it from a boat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I only want to go from a boat. How can we make that happen tomorrow? What can we do? Yeah. Like, that's how I'm feeling. That's terrible to be that way. But, like, guiding, it's like, oh, no, we're going. It rain or shine, I don't care if it's snowing. I don't care if it's negative 30. We're going. Yeah. Like, we got to go. Totally. I, I mean, it's a job. You yeah. Know? Like, well, and I think, like, guiding, too, you, you kind of have to get into that. It's almost like a competitive mindset, you know? Like For sure. Like, you see it as a challenge. Yeah. You know? You're like, okay, like, we can do this, you know? Whereas when it's for yourself, you're like, eh. Yeah, I could, I could hold off on that. Yeah, yeah. I don't need to do that. I don't really want to, and I don't need to. So exactly. I'll just stay at home where it's I mean, warm. I just did it yesterday. I don't, I don't really Yeah, like I, I learned today. my lesson <laughs> yesterday and the 10 years before that not to do this. <laughs> Slow learner. Yeah, it uh, takes well that, me a while. And that's the thing about the CNR is, like, I forget how awfully cold I was 
and it takes about eight months of me forgetting, t- and then I go do it again. Yeah, like, same wait, amount of was stoke. it fun? Right. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> did I, I have fun? <laughs> did I have fun? Yeah. I should probably go and make sure. Yeah. It's it's kind of like a bad hangover, right? You like you don't drink hard for a long time until you forget about how bad a hangover <laughs> is, and then you'll go hit the piss again, right? <laughs> oh yeah. You're like, oh man, I should have learned my lesson. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's a great way of putting it, man. <laughs> That's a great way. Um, oh man, I lost my train of thought on that one. Um, I was going to bring something else up about that, but, um, I guess we can just get into, uh, well, no, I got some other stuff written down. Um, we're going to keep going on this. Yeah. Let's work it out, man. Yeah. Actually, um, actually, I do have a question for you. Was it windy as hell too? It wasn't too bad, but okay. it, it was just enough to make it bite, you right. know, which you only need like yeah. two miles an hour. That's what it was. That's I remember exactly what you it was. brought it up, man. <laughs> yeah. I remember what I was going to talk about. Ah, that corridor kills me yeah no it's, it's unreal and it yeah. only has to be a tiny little bit yeah yep. and it's also enough when bone you, chilling yeah it's yep. also enough where i can't cast anymore yep. right and i can't even hold my grip right so i'm holding it like a baseball bat yep <laughs> and then you switch hands you're like i'll yeah. go lefty oh, yeah. for a while like my yep. hands pretty cold like yep. yeah uh, no right. it was like it was to the point where right. like like i said fishing was decent but every time i would release a fish get my hands wet <clears> i'd have to take a break for oh, like 20 God. minutes right. you know I'm, I'm like, out. no, dude, you're fishing. Yeah, you I'm know? out. Yeah. He's like, no, get another one. I'm like, no way, dude. I was yeah. going to say, like, last year for Risers for Rhett, um, all that snow that we got, I posted some on my Instagram. But, I mean, my, my boat had three inches of snow on it when I was yep. taking it from my house <laughs> to put in. Yep. And that was one of the coldest trips that first day of Risers for Rhett. Um, it's a charity event we do up here. They do it all around, but um, we do one here in Gunnison. And it's a fun event. But uh, I remember, like, showing up to Alma afterwards and just shivering. Oh, yeah. I and, remember seeing you. Yeah. And, I, yeah. I mean, I, I did it, like, out of my waders, everything, like, just shivering. Could not stop. And, like, finally, one of the cooks who was there was like, dude, come stand next to the barbecue. Like, yeah. I'll open the door and you just stand right here. And, and I wanted to just lay inside me. <laughs> dude, I was so cold. Well, you wear thermals in the summer. I'm wearing them now, dude. I wear them all the time. I wear them I inside. Too. I wear them outside. I wear them in the summer. Like, yeah. Dude, that's it. I mean, I don't wear them in the gorge, obviously, but like, I mean, I I love them. I do too. Like, I get so cold, man, and I I just remember how brutal. Like, luckily the fishing was bananas. Good for for us at least. But yeah. um, it I I was so mad. You know, I was like, this happens every year. It's so cold, and I do it every year. Yep. But it's such a fun event to oh, do. Oh, it's awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. If if. Any anyone ever wants to get into that event, look up Risers for Rhett Syndrome, um, and it is it's an amazing event. And they do it all, all across the country. Yeah, um, they, they do two events here. They yeah. do the spring and the fall right. in the Gunnison Valley. Yeah, dude, it's it's a great cause. And and then they also have we've basically got three tournaments here. We've got Risers, we've got Caddis Cup that's usually in July, I which about that's Cup. tougher for guides yeah. because we're so busy. But it's, that's only a one day. Yeah. And that's pretty fun um, because it's just one guide and one client. So it's real, you know. How, in, how do you get into the Caddis Cup? Like, do you have to be sponsored by a client to be a guide or what? No, I think it's same as risers. They're just okay. looking for guides to okay. donate a day. Gotcha. You know? Um, so, yeah, it's important for people to know that most of those tournaments, like the guides kind of given up a day yeah. that they could be working. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I mean, you know, occasionally you get, you get tipped out. I mean, most times you do, so you're making a little bit. You know, and depending on how you do in those tournaments, you could walk out with some some swag, you know, yeah. some gear. It just depends. Right. Yep. Um, but it's also fun because it's it's the you know that spring risers is the first 
thing of the year where we all get to get together. You yeah, know? it like, kicks it off. Yeah, and we're yeah. all having a great time. We're like, we're here. You know, it's it's happening. We're back on the water. Yep. And it, it's it's fun. You know, it's competitive, but it, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like risers nowadays is what the Superfly was like in the old generation. Nice. Yeah. And that that competition still does still happens. Um, that's a TU competition in the fall. We're actually doing it in August this year, so we have a little okay. bit more water. That's good. That that's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but that back in the day, dude, Superfly was the thing. Oh, that, all the guys yeah. got jacked up on that. I mean, you see all the old timers wearing their Superfly shirts, totally. you know, and oh, you're yeah. like, oh, how do I get one of those? You oh, know, dude, like, yeah. I our, want that. I want to be part of the Superfly. Dude, it was a thing. And in our shop, even we've got all the old Superfly hats lined up in the back of the shop. Like they're all dusty and pretty gnarly. <laughs> that's now, so awesome. awesome Way though, back. Like, yeah. It's really cool. Like history. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, as for like, what's forecast here in the Gunnison Valley. I mean, as what I've seen, you know, I mean, we, t- Ryan and I talked a little bit before Pat got here, but I'll probably go a little bit deeper into it. But what I've seen as far as just like maps is like Gunnison County has most snowpack in Colorado right now, but it's not great. No. Um, yeah. And it's supposed to, we're supposed to get some storms up in, I think Crested Butte in the next day or so is supposed to get six to 10 inches. What I saw. Yeah. But- it looks like we're going to kind of break a bad pattern that's been occurring. Right. Uh, and it looks like, I mean, next week we're looking at roughly an inch of precipitation, you know, that's 12 inches of snow. Um, I mean, I'm talking Pitkin area, but yeah. you know, Gunnison's going to get a fraction of that. Um, but the elks are still looking solid, which is great for the Gunnison, right? Um, so, I mean, got to be a little bit stoked that the elks we've, are... We've it, had a couple tough water years here, um, just either average or below average. Um, and, it's like, when do we hit a point where we're just like, this is it? Like, we're always going to have low water, you know? Like, is this is... Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, are, are we going to hit normal? a point where everyone's just like, ah, this is it. Like, right. we're not going to get that much snow. Like, we're not going to have much water in the rivers. Like, I mean, and here's the thing, too. is like we saw how the Blue Mesa can fill after, you know, the winter of 2019. Yeah. If We we never thought the Blue Mesa was going to fill again, and it filled. It did. Um, yeah. And now it's lower than it was that year. Oh, it's so low now. Way lower. Um, yeah, I, I don't have the stats on that, but it's bad. Uh, and... And Powell's taking water from us now. Uh, they have rights to. I mean, they. We were forecasted in the summer in the gorge, like, hey, we're gonna have 400 cfs. Right. Like they're gonna do a 24-hour flush, and usually I think they do a 10-day flush, isn't it? It's it's somewhere around there. I, I wish I was more educated on that, but it's somewhere around there. Because I mean, on average, I guess on a normal snow year, right? I think they were doing a 10-day flush, and then it maxed out at 10 grand. That's that's what I've heard. Okay, and that's I mean that's big, right? You know, max oh, yeah. out at ten grand, but like oh, yeah. this year it was they're going to do twenty four hour flush. They're going to raise it up to a thousand, and flush it for twenty four hours. And we were on the river that day when they flushed it, um, and then they were going to drop it to four hundred and keep it at four hundred the entire summer, all the way through September, everything. Right. You know, maybe September they might drop it again, and then we get a, they get a, we get a call for water. And they bumped it up to, I think it was like 650 mm-hmm. for the rest of the summer from like July to September. And it was like, oh, I mean, it was great for us, but it was Absolutely. like, that water's coming from somewhere. Right. You know, like that water's coming from somewhere. We were stoked. Right. But. Well, hey, look on the bright side. Uh, you know, we might get 
Blue Mesa will turn back into the Gunnison. Salmon flies will come back. <laughs> we might <laughs> we might get some salmon flies moving up from Savoia or Lake Fork or something. You know, like who knows? Uh, who it's, knows? Uh, I, man, Jared and I have been talking about that. You know, like maybe we'll be floating down to like Willow Creek. You know, like who knows? Like, but it's crazy. Like I was talking to Brendan Toft and um, Gene Taylor's the other day and um well actually this was a while ago not the other day um but he never really like fished that lower you know below lake city bridge and he was asking about it i was like man i've seen this twice where you know we can fish below lake city bridge and walk wade right and you know float boats down there it's hard to take out because it's so muddy but the thing about that is is like there's no structure not none at all no. like there's hardly any rocks mm -hmm. you know like anything you see down there is like old concrete from the roads or something like that, or, you know, old dwellings right, that yeah. have been down there. And so I was telling, I was like, man, it's like, it's tough because, you know, there's a ton of debris in the river as well down there, like tons of logs and sticks and stuff to snag on, but there's no actual like drop-offs or shelves or anything. It's just like a one continuous mud pile for the most part. Right. And so it's hard to find fish in there just because of that aspect you know mm -hmm. like you can look at a piece of water and be like oh that looks like a shelf right it looks like it should drop off here there should be fish there and you can hammer it for two hours and never see anything no. walk up 10 feet and there's four fish sitting in six inches of water you know on like a little tiny tributary just off the, and you're like what are you like what yeah it's very interesting yeah it is well it's, and then you try to step off to like access something and you realize that that shelf you're gonna, is mud it's mud you're <laughs> you gonna sink it back out yeah you're gonna <laughs> sink it's quicksand down. I, I almost it, got it totally stuck in is. there. Yeah. I mean, how many trucks do we see stuck down there every year oh, when God. the when the water drops as well? Right. Um, so I mean as far as water and snow, I, I it's only, <clears throat> I mean it's too early to tell, I yeah. think. Um Oh but, yeah. What I was saying. Yeah, though, sorry, like, I interrupted you. Uh we are looking at a pattern breaking and hopefully some more snow coming. Um, you know, twelve inches here. That's a big storm for us right now. <laughs> we'll take it. Uh but hopefully with that pattern breaking, we could see something more like, you know, 2019 where we get those big May dumps. Yeah. Uh, March, April, May dumps. We'll see. We need yeah. that. We need it back. Yeah. Which, it, like, it's it's tough, you know, because it's st starting to get warm and you're like, all right, yeah. spring's coming. And then you get these huge storms. I know. But it, we got, I mean, we need it. Need right. Well, you, you we're all fickle, right? We're like, ah, oh, nice, man. It's going to yeah. be spring. Let's yeah. get out there. Like, but wait. Man, we don't have any snow. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing out there for yeah. us. In August, you realize. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, once it drops down to like 200 CFS in August, you're like, uh-oh, Yeah, we're screwed. It's going to be yeah. really good for a month. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll have two good months, you know. And that, I mean, that's tough for us as, as far as guides, you right. know, trying to work that out. And um, I'm, I'm definitely like booking more trips in June because it's like, hey, if we're continuing on this path of this low water, a runoff is going to happen earlier. Mm -hmm. We're going to have better fishing in June. And that might be the best month to be out here in early July, you know, and then towards the end of July, you start to see that and it gets hotter and warmer and you're like, man, we're, we don't want to be out here after two o'clock, you know, and yep. we got to watch Tim. So we got to be careful of that. Absolutely. Yep. Um, yeah. What's, what's kind of happened is like we get two Augusts now, Yeah. you know, true. Right. it's the second half of July. Yeah, That's all of August and it's the first half of September now. And yeah. sometimes it's all of September, Yeah. Right? you know, but August is the dog days of August are a lot longer than they used to be. Definitely. You know, and that's coming from, we're all young guys, right. you yeah. know, but like we're seeing it change quick, you know? Right. So, but I, you know, <clears throat> on the other side of that token, you know, like I don't want to make it out to be all doom and gloom. Like there's still some great fishing out there. Oh yeah. You know, I mean like it's, it's still a phenomenal fishery. And I also want to say too, that like 
there there's a lot of people out there that are doing serious work like it's their entire job it's their entire life to work on these issues and uh there's some good things happening you know i think it's i think you know it's not all doom and gloom by any means like we've all heard on the news like about the mega drought in the west right but i mean colorado has been in a drought for how long 50 years, 60 time. years, you yeah. know, like, I yeah. mean, we've been in a drought for a very long time. Yeah. It's, it's nothing new. You yeah. Know? It's We're just not getting new. as big of snowstorms as we used right. to. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but, but I think too, like just each fishery, you know, has its own challenges, you know, with this drought and there's people that are working on this, on this stuff, you know, on the ground level and like on the grassroots level, you know, to, <clears throat> to work with, you know, agricultural, uh, you know, producers, you know, ranchers, farmers and stuff to keep water in the rivers when they don't need to use it and everything like that, you know, and they're working on, you know, actually changing legislation, you know, um, through Congress so that, you know, these ranchers historically that if they didn't lose it, they, if they didn't use it, they lose their yeah, water, yeah. right? How, that how needs to change, yeah, you yeah, know, that like, needs to change. They need to be, they need to be incentivized to be more efficient now. Definitely. And those are the changes that are actually happening right now, yeah. you yeah. know, you know, TU, um, American Whitewater, there's a bunch of organizations that are working on this yeah. stuff, you know, but they're making progress. Like right. this stuff is, this stuff's making it into Congress, you know, there's, you know, court cases going to the Supreme Court. Like it's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, look what's going on in the Colorado right now. Exactly. I mean, Colorado's yeah, what's, a big what's that? deal. Uh, I mean, you probably know more about it than I do, but uh, it, it just sounds like they're really trying to figure out that the Colorado River basically supports 40 million people. Exactly. And that game is changing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's going to have to. Right. Yeah, the whole water law thing's huge. It's way over my head. Oh, God. Um, but, so complicated. But, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to come down to legal battles and everything like that, you mm. know. But But ultimately, though, I guess my whole thought is just that, you know, it's not like it's a total doom and gloom scenario. Like... You know, things are things are in the works and like there's really good people who are so passionate about this stuff, you know, who are working towards it. So um I don't know. I still come fishing. Dude, that, yeah. Still definitely. come out and come I mean, fishing. I'm not, like, I'm not gonna lie to you. I feel like uh I, I mean, I'm not gonna mention every river, but I figure uh, Why I, not? Mention I, I them all. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all your favorites. Uh, right, all my favorite rivers. Uh I mean I feel like a lot of these rivers have fished better in the last three years than they've ever fished personally. Um, but there's also more people out there. Oh, there's a lot more, people a lot more people. Oh yeah. And I, I didn't really like want to get into it, but we can, uh, this was going to be my, uh, my, my new fishing superpower. Remember oh we yeah. I totally. Think it was a lot, it we'll was, bring it back. Fishing superpowers. Yeah. I like it. Mine is I can make people disappear. <laughs> <laughs> make other people disappear. Yeah. Be gone. Like what happens to them though? They just get transported somewhere. Uh, on my drive up here, I was wondering, I was like, I was going to add that in like, ah, oh, they just end up on their couch still. <laughs> like oh good day yeah you know and like you're like cool river's free i can fish wherever i want now or that's dr- a pretty good superpower oh, man. man i'm telling you that's a great superpower dude puts like, mine to shame <laughs> puts mine to shame what's yours Cam? oh uh, no it's terrible i already got ripped up by ryan for it last time we talked about fishing okay. superpowers. oh you didn't come I up with a new one dude how could i, I i'll do it okay. i'll tell you it's really messed up but like <laughs> Ryan tore me apart last time I talked about that. He's like, that is, that's messed up that you're talking about it this way. But my, I was drunk then. I'm sober now. My, (laughs) my fishing superpower would be to fish as myself with myself, like floating myself down the river while I'm fishing in the front of the boat, (laughs) because then I never have to communicate 
what's happening. I just know exactly where I want to be fishing at all times and how I want to be fishing. Patrick, imagine how frustrating he'd be. <laughs> it's just me floating down the river, floating myself. And like, we're just, that, that's kind of weird too, because we're just silent. We're not talking to each other. Or there'd just know? be a lot of shit talking. Yeah, right. Damn it. Cameron. But but I wouldn't screw up because I know exactly where I want to be. And like my cast, like, yeah, I might tell myself like, hey, that was a bad cast. But I'd be like, yeah, I know. I'm me. I'm you. You're me. I made a bad cast. That's great. But then I would never have to like, you know, be like, hey, man, can you get me, get me closer to the bank? I'd just be like, oh, I'm going to work you closer to the bank. You know, like I would just know immediately what I was supposed to be doing. Imagine how many hundred fish days Cameron would have. Oh, so yeah. many, dude. He'd really be pressuring the fishery. But you know how much in my own head I would be the whole time with two of me on the boat? Like Dane already calls me a tinker. He's like, quit tinkering with your rig, man. You got to <laughs> just fish what you got. You quit tinker. tinkering. You do tinker. And the, imagine the two of us, two of me on the boat being like, well, should we do this or do this? Maybe I do that. Maybe I do that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. Okay. Maybe I don't like my superpower anymore. <laughs> I'd love to see, like, the other parts of the day, like, run and shuttle with yourself. <laughs> right. Take out beers with yourself. Like, how's that going to Oh, go that'd down? be a blast, dude. I'd be having such a good time doing take out beers with myself. Everything. I, I don't mean, know, man. I don't know how that would go. I'd love no, to see only that. only on the water. Just just okay. fishing. Just fishing. Okay. I don't <laughs> have enough. to hang out with myself all the time. Nah, that would make it weird if you were your own roommate. <clears throat> yeah. No, you, that I wouldn't like that. You might yeah. end up just in an insane asylum. Right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> but if I could just be on the water with myself, I'll, I'll start working on new superpowers. Well, I'll right? give you this much. I like your superpower. It's unique. It's original. Yeah. I like it. I, I like, like your superpower. I'm sorry for ripping it last time. I actually don't remember. You tore me apart. You're like, dude, that is so conceited. Like, I can't believe you would say that. <laughs> I was like, dude, I mean, oh, this is what it is, man. Like, I mean, what what better person would you want guiding you than you? I mean. Right? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I just yeah, got to assume I'm not saying, better than I'm, me. <laughs> I'm not saying, okay, look, I'm not saying I don't want to go get, I mean, like, work with other people who are better than me. I'm not saying I oh, want. If I had to guide myself, I'd struggle all day long and start getting in fights with myself. <laughs> it's okay it's sounding more and more fucked up as and then you'd see going. me on the bank of a river fist fighting myself <laughs> <It'd> be, <laughs> just getting frustrated and you're like let's just get drunk <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so i think i should make i think i should make a superpower but you inspired me though okay you i got like one your you got one off the spot here yeah okay. um i think it's kind of the the train of thought you were on there but just a boat that rows itself how I would row the boat. Oh. Like a drone the, boat. Yeah, drone boat, you know. Drone but rows. it is connected to your brain. Yeah. You just think. Yeah, like I can, so I can why, control the boat. Why would anyone want to hire a guide anymore then? No, they wouldn't. But think of <laughs> if you invented that boat, that technology. Oh, for sure. I mean, Amazon has the ability to probably do it right now. Tesla can have cars that drive themselves. Why can't we have boats that drive ourselves? It's, no, I mean, it's actually, possible. Have, have we talked about this on a podcast before? What, a boat that could row itself? Yeah, I, I feel like I have. So. Auto row. I mean, it's definitely possible. You just click auto row on your phone. Like, can it high side? Can it do all? I mean, it'd have to, just to pass, you know, I mean, CPW <laughs> inspections. Hey, let me see that boat high side. Yeah, do, you have to, <laughs> do you have to give CPW, like, your boat's freaking, like, miles? Like, how many miles? Oh, or <clears> does it come from you? I 
I'm entertained by the idea. No, that'd be sick. I'm just too. trying to break it down. I think a little we bit. should call Elon ah, for the <laughs> hey, for the Whitewater guys. I could just go ride the bull down Shoshone with a beer in my hand just by myself. That'd be awesome. Be and great. then I could run my own shuttle, which is another superpower, right? Running your own shuttle would be pretty sick. I think that someone already nice. said that. Maybe I. Yeah. We've had a couple on here. Um, it, who I want to get? I mean, Matt Miller has some of the best superpowers. Uh, he's thinking about. I I actually do have a Matt Miller thing. I want a couple of them in this podcast. Perfect. I want to bring up. Shout out to Matt Miller. Yeah, yeah. A little homage to Matt. Yeah, Ooh, cheers, cheers to that. There. Haven't haven't talked. He's getting married. Mm. Yeah, he's getting married this yeah, summer. I heard that. Yeah, Good I'm stoked. Him. That's great. Um, wow. But uh, so I floated the other day, and for whatever reason, I was thinking about this. Is that I was making sandwiches for my buddy and I. And I remember I was floating with Matt Miller one time and well, multiple times, but I remember he would ask me all the time. He goes, what's your favorite sandwich, man? Like, what is your favorite sandwich? Have I brought this up before on the I podcast? I think so. No. And dead serious. Like we'd stop for lunch and he'd look at me. He's like, what you got? What do you, what'd you bring for lunch? <laughs> you know? And like, he'd pull out something, you know, and he'd be like, I got my, I got my Coke. I got my chips. I got my Sammy, <laughs> you know? And he's like, what's your Sammy? What'd you bring? And I'm like, well, I got a granola bar. I got a bagel with turkey and Swiss and avocado. And he's like, ooh, avocado, that's a good move. And, we, you know, he's like, but if you had to pick one sandwich for the rest of your life, what would it be? And it was always, like, in my head. And I was like, dude, it's in my hand right now. You know, like, turkey, Swiss, avocado. Like, good choice. pretty badass, you know, not a bad not a bad deal. Uh-huh. But he always had, like, his, his routine, you know. He'd, like, put the Coke down, put his chips down, <laughs> so, you know, and, like, break so out. Matt Miller. Yeah, break out the Sammy. <laughs> You know, and it was always a question, what's your favorite sandwich? But he told me one day, this could be a good guide move. I don't know if it is yet, mm-hmm. but I tested it the other day. He goes, he goes, here's here's the move, dude. He goes, toast your bread before you make your sandwich. It won't go soggy. Exactly. Yeah, man. That's brilliant. And I was blown. Dude, it just, like, blew my mind. Yeah, I man. was like, you got it, dude. Like, you've been thinking about sandwiches a lot, bro. That's a, that's <laughs> yeah. a pro tip right and there. I, that is. I think I'm a pretty good sandwich connoisseur, but Matt Miller has it figured out. Because he's like, dude, how many sandwiches do you think you've eaten in a lifetime? <laughs> on on a boat, how many sandwiches do you think you've eaten? And every question, I'd be like, dude, I, I'm ne- I don't think about these things, man. But I've been starting to. Maybe it's just age. I don't know. Right. Like, Maybe. I mean, you could always just go bagel. You know, bagels don't ever go soggy either. No, but I mean, like, what if you just toast the inside of your bagel a little bit? You know, like just a little light toast. Put it on like three. You yeah. Know? Now like, you got nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Now yeah. you got to get up at three a.m. But I, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did it the night before. I was ah. like, I'm gonna test this theory to the max. Does, I'm gonna toast the bread the night before and make the sandwiches the night before. And see what happens. How the bread? I figured the bread would just be hard as a rock the next day. A couple of parts were. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't wasn't the best move, right? You know, I mean, I was but it wasn't to, soggy. No, I was up pretty late, and I was like, "This would be a great idea." You know, I'm gonna toast the bread. <laughs> I'm gonna make some sandwiches for my buddy. You know, myself, and I was like, "How's the sandwich, man? I did something different with it." He's like, "You toast the bread?" I was like, "Yeah, I did." He's like, "I don't know if that was the move." <laughs> Damn it. He's like, crust is pretty hard. Oh, like, man. Son of a gun. Okay. And it honestly, ah, you like, know when you just it's kind of like stale bread. I feel like Jimmy John's always, does. you know, you eat the bread and then you got cuts in the roof of your mouth. Yeah, I hate that. It. But it, like, it wasn't that way. It was right. just kind of like stale. Right. Like, yep. It was still like mm-hmm. to a point where you're like, this might be right. soggy, but it's toasted. I can't tell. Right. Maybe yep. you're just tricking your brain with it, but yep. I don't know. I mean, could be could be a pro tip. Like in the morning, toast your bread. That's a legit pro tip. What what I do is I just and we actually do this for our our guide lunches too. Is just 
you just have your meat and cheese, and then you have your bread separate. And just yeah. to build your own. Uh, you know. It exactly. is. So, like, you it get is. on the boat, and you're like, I got to break out my meat and my cheese and put it on the bread and put my condiments and everything. But I, like, you know, but I agree for the customer. I mean, the client, I'm appreciating that. Thank you for not giving me a saggy, soggy mayonnaise sandwich. Yeah. I appreciate it. Or saggy. Saggy, saggy. saggy yeah. would be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want the sag- sandwich is saggy. You don't want a saggy sandwich. No. <laughs> saggy sandwich. Uh, and I'm talking crap, but, I mean... I. I fish with Cameron. Cameron's got like another pack hanging off him with cheese and snacks, and I just show up dude. with like an what I call adultables. Yeah, adultables. That's all I got. Nice. If I if I get hungry, dude, then I I'm done. If I start and I don't eat a whole lot right. during the day, but I I'm a snacker during the day. Like right. I won't sit down and eat a meal. Like very even <clears throat> rarely dinner where like I sit down and I'm like let's eat a meal. I'm like I snack all day. So right. like when I'm on the boat, dude, I got fruit snacks. I got freaking granola bars i got peanuts i got almonds i got trail i'm like dude i want to just snack well dude. you're a chef yeah, yeah. i mean like when i'm yeah. fishing man i'm training for the zombie apocalypse man. Like, I'll, I'll have a how I'll bring little a, can i carry I'll, I'll eat a burrito in the morning drink a red bull and gas station red burrito bull. oh yeah gas station burrito my favorite yeah. of course uh, we'll get into your hot dog craze don't <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah bag of jerky and then i get to the water and i have a water bottle which i don't drink all day even though it's on me yeah but i get you? to the car and i realize i've like why did i bring this zero calories <laughs> why did i no even water? bring this <laughs> yeah. like man i feel terrible <laughs> i usually feel fine. also fishing sucked <laughs> <laughs> like yeah it would have been a lot better if you ate something no 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 if you See, snacked that's, that's the thing i've been training i've been training for this okay I'm telling you, the the zombie apocalypse is going to go down. You guys are all going to fail, and I'm just going to fast. No, dude, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be a snacker. No problem. I'm going to be like a forager just picking up shit and berries and like, mm, I'm snacking. See, and I'm just going to keep walking. Yeah. I'm going to well, leave you behind. Man. You might. You know, but I'll have more energy to catch up. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know where this tangent went. Yeah, I don't know. But I'm looking have, at your notes to see if it says sandwiches. It does. It says favorite sandwich. I see. That. Yeah. Do you have a favorite sandwich? Ah, God. Do do I never, like, gain weight? I just eat a grinder every day. I love a good grinder. That's pretty good. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. But you can't eat a grinder every day. That's disgusting. Or on the river, it's, like, really soggy. I don't. I guess I don't mind a soggy sandwich. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if, you're hung, if you're hungry enough. Yeah. I mean, I mean well, my, the, favorite, my favorite sandwich, not river sandwich, would be a, a tuna sandwich. Really? Oh, yeah, that's a bold move. It's a curveball. I, feel like I, a I good love a good tuna, tuna sandwich. sandwich. Yeah. Well, I mean, you remember Petty's sandwiches and Andros. Oh, yeah. Those are good tuna sandwiches. God, yeah, like a good are... tuna melt. Tuna melts are pretty town. good. You ever put a tuna melt in a pita pocket? No, <laughs> I have. pretty good. That dude. sounds <laughs> next level. Pretty is good, everyone dude. taking notes? <laughs> yeah. This is insane. We're coming up with some great sandwich ideas for the river. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, I, I'll, I'll tell you, I, Dane and I have talked about it on the podcast before, but the best... Like, I think lunch I've had on the river, Dane brought some leftover wings oh, that he dude. got. Dude, I was I was very, like, skeptical when he pulled out a box of wings. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, dude, who brings wings on the river? This is going to get messy. Messy. Like, what are we doing? And I was blown away, dude. That was one of the best river lunches I've had. I was yeah. like, this is amazing. Did you, I'm like, so have glad. them in foil on the deck? Oh, yeah. Warm enough? Oh, yeah, dude. Nice. Like. We pulled them out, dude, and those are some good wings. Where were they from? He made um, his own? No, it's somewhere in town. I can't remember. Okay. But 
I always think about that day. I'm like, remember the day you brought those wings, bro? (laughs) 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 Wish we could go back to that day. (laughs) I love the simple life we live. It doesn't, like, it... it's not the same if you like it's got to be in the moment you right. know where someone yeah. brings someone vi- something very obscure where you're like you brought that for lunch right. yep. and then you try it and you're like all right that was that was worth well, it. well you might even try to reenact and it's just not gonna i, be I tried i've tried yeah. it doesn't work like, the same ah, this it's is not doing the same. it for me right no now no, it's good like we high water we're just sitting there in, in shady cove and like eating some wings drinking a beer and it was great man ah Glory to I just, yeah. I just love wings. Anyways, man. enough about <laughs> enough about boat launches, but that's a, that's a very obscure thing to bring on a boat. Like, oh, yeah. I'm bringing wings. Like right. what? Why would you bring wings for lunch? Right. <laughs> on a float trip, what are you doing? But I, ever since, I'm like, dude, I trust you, Dan. You bring whatever you want, bro, and I, I'm in. Yeah, uh, I can give you world's worst lunch. Okay, let's hear it. Working in the oil field years ago. We're never going to get to these topics. I know, right? But yeah. it's all good. Whatever. I'm okay with this. This is great. Years ago in the oil field, my boss is like, oh, yeah, go grab lunch out of the cooler. All there is in the cooler is two packages of hot dogs and mayonnaise. Oh. <laughs> hot dogs I'd be pumped on. Mayonnaise, no. Oh, dude, he ate a whole pack. I mean, he was licking mayonnaise off his fingers. Oh. Oh. I had some some buddies growing up who did. And warm hot- shook up Mountain Dew, by the way. Oh. I was shook up. Nice. Yeah. He doesn't drink water. <laughs> like, would he shake it up on purpose? Yeah, he didn't like the it, carbonation. So... God, what an oil field guy. Oh, dude, right? That is a crazy thing to do. And then you go get in the water bottle or the water cooler, and it's just full of warm Mountain Dew and no ice or water (laughs) in it. (laughs) I I had a girlfriend back in, like, eighth grade who would do that, like, get a Mountain Dew and shake it up until it was flat. Yeah, they keep shaking it. They pop in the top, shake it. And I was like, you're a psychopath, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if he's more of a psychopath or I don't. Is, do rednecks do that? Is it? I think a it's. A, I think. Yeah. I think a, a redneck thing. Like that's a. Yeah. That's what. You know. That's what it they is. Do. They drink Mountain Dew. They do. And like they oh, don't care if it's warm or flat. They just no, drink right. it. They yep, love yep. it. I don't know if it's like they have to. Right. Yep. Like this it's just dude, built into their blood or what? I think it is. I mean, they, <laughs> they're putting it in the bottles, man. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Built into their blood. <laughs> I think it is. I think after so many generations, it's become uh, genetic. And for it the only rec- takes a couple generations of that. <laughs> and for the record, Mike, I know you're not listening to this podcast. <laughs> he also weighed 450. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, he's a big guy. And loved his hot dogs and mayonnaise. Oh, man. You, you can't get to 450, you know, eating salads, Mike. I, I, we're never going to get to these topics. <laughs> Shout out okay. to Mike, though. Yeah. Shout out to Mike. <laughs> Fucking, you keep going on them hot dogs and mayonnaise. Totally. Um, I, I did a, uh, a trip back in the day when I was pretty, pretty green on guiding and like did a walkway and I was like, I'm gonna pull out all the stops, you know, like we're going to be able to pull the truck in where we want to go. And I'm sure if you think hard, you know, where I'm talking about, but I was like, I'm going to have a a grill there, you know, a little portable grill. I'm going to grill up some brats and some, some hot dogs and, you know, have like potato salad, all this stuff. Nice. get these guys out walkway and it's not a bad morning, you know, catch some fish, you know, and like it's, it's here and there. It's a little tough here and there. And it's one of those trips where like, excuse me, <laughs> did you hear that? Um, uh, no, <laughs> it's one of those trips where like people are like, Oh, I fished with this guy. I fished with this guy. I fished with this guy. Like, what can you show me? What can you do? And uh, I'm like, Oh man, I'm pretty green. I don't know. Right. You know, like I, I'm gonna try my best, but like, meanwhile, across the river, this dude is just slaying fish. Right. It's Gene Hart. Oh. 
Thanks. Nice. Just wrecking house. Good for him. And my clients are just watching. And I'm like, it's cool. I'm going to make up for it with lunch. Like, I got, I'm pulling out all the stops, dude. Not impressed whatsoever. <laughs> like, at all with anything I did for lunch. They didn't care about that. No, not at all. And that's another Matt Miller thing. He's like, dude, people don't care about lunch. He's like, why spend money on lunch? He's like, dude, you give them a piece of bologna in between two pieces of cardboard. They don't care. Like, He's like, do you I think you disagree with that? I I disagree as well. But he's like, do you think? Chef. He's like, think do you, you think your tip's gonna be better if you bring a better lunch? And I'm like, I'd like to think that. Yep. But I don't. He, he might be right. He's like, never is, dude. You I can mean, pull out all the stops. You can spend 50, 60 bucks on lunch. You're not getting that back. Right. True. I, you know, I think or it depends. Might, I think it depends on the rest of the day and some other factors. So, like, the story I have with that is the same group that I fished with. Uh, this fall with you yeah, um, down in the gorge. Um, that same group of clients I took down to the Juan uh, the year before or maybe two years before. Um, but we had uh, a really fun day on the Juan in the wintertime. It was like February, snowing, hardly any other boats on the water. And they know how busy it can be. Oh, yeah. But the winter can be great down there. Like, the fishing can be good. And, you know, if there's only a few boats on the water, like, it can it's be good really day. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was the day. And uh, we pulled over for lunch. And uh, shout out to Heads Up Fly Fishing, Jeremy Nolan, great crew down there. Um, small, you know, small outfitter, a few guys. They're all really dialed in. But they had, uh, you know, the big Yeti, like um, I don't even know what you call it. It's like a huge, oversized yeah. Yeti. Like, yeah, like the gallon one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, like the jug. Yeah, the huge Do they have jug. Soup in there. Chili, hot oh, chili, man. full I'd spread. Be, I'd be cheese, on that. chives, bacon, dude. And it was cold out. Like right. it was snowing. It was so we were that's eating a, chilly that's a pro move, oh, Riverside in the middle of a snowstorm. That's a pro move. Best lunch, river lunch I've ever had. Oh, that's a yeah. pro move. Totally pro move. So yeah. on that day, and the fishing was good too, but like to me, that's what I remember about yeah. that day. I don't remember a single f- one fish that I caught. Right. I remember that lunch and like hanging out with everybody and being like, dude, this is awesome. That's a good point, man. Steamy I mean, bowl of chili. Right. I've done coffee before, like in the jet yeah. boil, you know, like yep. if it's cold and like set up lunch, the table and everything, like pulled out the jet boil and done French press coffee. And that's like, that, That's a good move. That is. Oh, you I'm know, just I've thinking always... hot chocolate and snobs, man. Let's get straight to it. <laughs> right? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> I mean, I've always wanted it to be like, yeah, do the soup or the chili or like green chili stew or something oh, yeah. and like oh. pull out the stops. But yep. at the same time, you're like, it's tough, man. But yep. like something like that, I could see, you know, like a, a hosted trip like that. I could yeah. see like, Hey, we're going to pull out all the stops. You, you can't know? We're go green make chili stew while. though. Why? You could kill some people. Maybe. Some people yeah. Can't you're handle right. it. Who yeah. wants, who wants, well, you re- could do like a mile and a half. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But you know how quick that like can kick in. Like I put in. one hatch chili in this one. <laughs> yeah. I didn't yep. put three like I normally do. You end up yeah. with two, you end up with two clients on a cold day with diarrhea, it's man. True. That's yeah. <laughs> we all know how that goes. Just my go back warm, a, a, a ways. But in my butthole is very hot. Right. <laughs> go back a ways in episodes, and you can find one with Dane talking about that. But hey, talk about memorable. <laughs> it's a memorable experience. Yeah. Remember that time I shit myself on the river because we ate that green chili stew. <laughs> Three yeah. of those waiters away. Yeah. I was pissed at that guy that day. Remember when it was negative three, but I was still aquaducing? Yeah. So hot. <laughs> I don't even want to go. Yeah, there. we won't. All right, let's All get right. to let's get to some All stuff. Right. We've I, this has been great already, just banter. Um, <laughs> but let's get to some a couple topics here that we wanted to discuss. I got way too many notes written down, but um, like I said, Patrick and I met up the other night and kind of talked about a couple things and 
what we what I decided on is I had more to talk about and more to write about about one topic. Um, and I'll have a little transition to the next topic at the end of the episode that we can maybe work on another podcast. But uh, ways to stay sharp in the off season, which is tough. Um, but the way I think about as a fishing guide coming into off season, it's for me, it's like you're riding a high for so long. You're in you're in guide season. You're fishing hard. You're out every day. I think last year in June, like I spent three nights in my bed and that was it. Like I was just nonstop going and July, July was about the same, but you're just riding this high. The only way I can explain it, I've never done it, but like a heroin high, you know, like <laughs> yeah. I've got, I've never done heroin, never bought heroin, <laughs> but it's like it, from everything I've heard. Oh, you've never bought it. <laughs> just sold it. Never bought it. <laughs> Sold it. No. <laughs> um, but the only thing I can like describe it as is that, you know, you're chasing this dragon for so long, like trying to find that high, trying to keep that high going for so long. And all of a sudden off season comes and you just plummet. Like you're in withdrawals, you're down. It's tough. Um, and there's ways around that. Obviously, you know, you can travel, you can go, you can go places or guide elsewhere. And a lot of people do that. Sometimes it doesn't work out, you know, as we've talked about it before we started the podcast, right. you know, sometimes you try and go somewhere warmer and guide and it doesn't work out, but that's how I describe it to people. I'm like, man, you're just, you're high for so long. Yep. And then all of a sudden it just plummets and you're so low and you don't know how you got so low, but there's only one thing you can think about. And it's like, I got to chase that dragon again. You know, I got to get back fishing or guiding or whatever and chasing that dragon. For me, it's, it's not necessarily fishing, it's guiding, you yep. know, and just teaching and being on the water with people. Yep. Um, so I, I've written down a bunch of stuff about how you can stay sharp and kind of be in the mindset and help kind of get through that, you know, withdrawal, as I say, right. of, of the off season. Is it in poem um, form? No, that was just like <laughs> me talking about that. That's There's beautiful. nothing else on that page. It's a haiku. That's um, <laughs> but I, I guess I can just jump right into this one is just traveling, you know, traveling to warmer destinations, whether you're guiding or just fishing. Um, there's a lot of options out there for just fishing as well that are, are pretty affordable um, and not too far away from home as far as United States goes, you know, for um, and you can chase that dragon a little bit more and fish a little bit harder and go places. You know, if we're staying within the states, you know, obviously, like you already brought up New Mexico, you yep. know, San Juan in New Mexico is a mm -hmm. great place to go. A little bit warmer climate. Yep. Um, you know, that river doesn't freeze up as much. Yep. Um, or at all, really, you know, you might go out there in, in January and have a little bit of ice along the edges, yep. but it's not like you're seeing sheets of ice floating down the river at right. all. Um, so New Mexico and San Juan is a great place. Yep. Um, you know, I heard they got hit pretty hard with COVID as far as um, right there at Navajo Dam and yep. all the um, all the businesses there at Navajo Dam got hit pretty hard. Um, I heard that the sportsman's lounge or bar got shut down oh wow um i i haven't looked into it further but um so there might not be as many you know necessities that you can go and get some food and some beer or whatever flies but there's still people out there doing it you know fish heads is still there right at navajo dam you know i, I would assume um yep but that's not too far away you know new mexico is a great place uh, for us at least colorado wise you know new mexico as well you know there's places to go fish in arizona that yep. you can go carp fish or bass fish or hike into some high country places in Arizona, Lease Ferry, yep. you know, I mean, there's places to go. Yep. Um, 
close, you know, right. um, Utah, same way. Flame Gorge, you know, it's like, yeah, you're in a canyon, but it's warmer. It's yep. a little bit warmer than here, you know, and a little bit warmer. And, um, it's again, coming from Colorado, right. You know, that's, that's a, some good places that are right. close to, to go. Well, and we have a whole different perspective on what's warmer. Exactly. Like, like I said, you know, you, you go drive two and a half hours to get, you know, 60 degree difference yeah. from when you leave the house. Yeah. Well, like, and like I said, I mean, I, I'll wake up, it's negative 20 and I'm fishing in 40 degrees. You're like, this is great. 40 degrees? My yeah. guides aren't freezing. I'm stoked. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a matter of perspective there, I guess. For sure. You know, what's warmer. For sure. Um, but you, there's still play, tons of places out there you can fish. Um, close by, again, just Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess if you're, you know, if you're willing to travel a little bit and spend a little bit more money, you know, as far as gas or airfare or whatever, you know, like Texas, great place. Um, I was just down there. You know, the Guadalupe has trout. Um, they stock it frequently, you know, but they got trout, you know, and most times it's warmer, right. you know, this last, I guess this last month, you know, it was pretty cold, but m- February, March, April is some of the best times to be on the Guadalupe. Um, and it's a lot warmer, you know, you can have 60, 65 degree days, right. full sun and, you know, even 70 degree days and be catching trout. It's not what we're used to out here, you know, as far as Western fishing goes. Um, but it's it's not that far honestly like from here where we're at you know it takes me about 14 hours right it's not terrible honestly driving it's doable yeah well, it's very doable i mean it's easy to fly into texas too right you know so yeah and i mean as, as far as that goes i mean you can fly into austin and only be an hour and a half away from the guadalupe exactly that's great. you know or, or maybe more i guess from austin but san antonio you know you're really close uh if you fly into san antonio yeah, and you talk um, about places that you can fly and do that touch the coast. You're right there. You're right there. You're not far, and I, that's where I was heading next. Right. But, I mean, as far as the Guadalupe goes, you know, there's a lot of other places to fish around there, you know, and there's a lot of companies that do bass fishing on the Colorado or on the Pertinalis or wherever right. you go. Like, there, that hill country area, there's a ton of fishing to be had, um, depending on what time of year you go. Carp fishing, bass fishing, trout fishing. And then as you head further south, you know, you can hit the coast – um, and you're not, even from San, San Antonio, you're not far from the coast, three right. hours, maybe right. two and a half, three hours, I think yep. from the coast Yep. and red fishing, you know, drum fishing, speckled trout, all kinds of stuff. Um, and there's a lot of DIY stuff you can do down there. I'm not going to harp too much on that. Right. Um, cause there's a lot of guides down there that I do know that would like to work. Um, but Cam, what's your, what's your, what's your boys, Chris's company down there? Uh, oh yeah. So I should mention that, huh? That's man, look at you working in a fly shop. He knows. Just he knows. Operations support manager, those, yeah. Gotta support those. So guys. down on the Guadalupe, what I would do is reach out to Action Angler. Um, he's right on the river. He's he's the only fly shop on the river. Um, all the other fly shops are either located in Austin or in surrounding areas. Um, but Action Angler, Chris Jackson, down there, and he's been down there for I believe over twenty years, um, and had that place for a long time. He's right on the river, uh, and he's. He's very passionate about guiding and getting people and, you know, teaching them the right things, you know, instead of teaching people just how to get on the water and catch fish, he's teaching people how to actually fish and he's very passionate about it. And working with him was very cool down there. So if you ever make it down there, the Guadalupe, that, that is the place to go. Um, as far as, you know, a guide goes, um, he's, he's pretty, pretty upstanding out there. He's, he's got it 
and he comes down and fishes the gorge as well in the in the summers um but yeah he's he's awesome um and so yeah going out to the coast you know there's tons of guides out there i know you know dane's dane's working out there now um yeah what's dane up to yeah he's he he's working down there and trying he to get a skiff and, uh yeah yep yep nice. he's got a skiff out there and so he's he's trying to book trips and in, in the fall and be down there and guide and so you know reach out to dane um and you know these there's a there's a lot of good places to go and a lot of good people to go with and i just suggest like trying to find the most passionate guide out there as far if you want to get into fish and like learn about right. uh, learn about the subject would dane give me a discount oh yeah okay yeah he better give me a home yeah, discount. He'd fish with you. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, when I was down there, I didn't get to go down there. Right. We- weather and tide was just so messed up. It was like, it's just not worth the time and money to go down there for a day. Um, just because where I was located, take four and a half hours right. to get there. It can be fickle. Um, it can be so fickle. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. And and getting into that, you know, we both know, you know, if, if you want to go and spend more money, you know, and like <clears throat> actually go fish spend more money on saltwater Bahamas. You yeah. know, I got that written down because we know how fickle it can be yeah. and you know better than me, but yeah, I was telling someone the other day, um, I think it was my old man. I was like, man, we spent seven days down there and we got two good days of fishing. Yeah. And that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just the way it goes. Yeah. I mean, you get to do, you, know? you get to do a West side run cause the weather's good enough. Uh, you want, right. Yeah. Uh, and some of those days are just, you get, you get one shot at it and you're fishing half the day in the rain. Yeah. For one, you know, for two hours of sun. And that, I, I guess I can say that about if you're going to go and fish saltwater like that, like it's better to book more days. Mm-hmm. It, it's tough, you know, it can be tough on your wallet at times, but like, <laughs> oh yeah, it's better to book more days than not. You know, three days is kind of pushing it mm-hmm. because you might have three bad days, right? Or bad weather, or right. bad tide, or whatever, and you try and shoot for that window. Um, and that that's tough to do, but it's it's better to book more than. I would say more than three, honestly, if well, you're going to go down yeah. there. And especially, I mean, you talk about conditions. You also have to talk about the guys that don't spend a lot of time behind a fly rod. Yeah. Um, there's a there's, there's a learning a, curve. There's a steep learning curve yeah. on the ocean. And it could take you three days to figure that out. Yep. You know? Yeah. Um, and, I mean, that's, that's more high end. You know, obviously, there's tons of places you can go. But, I mean... Bahamas isn't a bad idea. Like if you're again, if you're willing to spend the money, you know it's not bad because you can chase bones, you can chase permit, you can chase baby tarpon, you can chase a lot of different things, right. you know, and and get your get your mind wrapped around saltwater fishing a little bit mm-hmm. because there's plentiful bones. Oh, you and will, big bones. You will not. Yeah, you you won't leave a trip without catching many many bone yeah. fish. Right. And it, I mean, going back <clears throat> to that, Mexico is a great. That's a cheaper option exactly. where you will get lots of shots at bones. Right. Um, Mexico is a, a much cheaper option. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty easy to get down there is for, for the most part, you know, and, and I mean, hell you could drive to Mexico Truth. and DLI, you know, but, um, I've never fished Mexico, but can't figure it out. Huh? Can't figure, <laughs> can't figure it out. Um, but I mean, those are just some options as far as like traveling, you know, if you want to, and that's a, I'm trying to like do like a quick overview right. here, you know, as far as traveling right. goes, and that's easy and quick. Right. Um, but, I'm, I mean, we, we talked about that. Just us, man. We're just looking for an hour over the divide, right? Yeah. Just a little bit warmer weather. Yeah. You know, go west, go east. Yeah. And, you know, just drive a go couple south, hours. Go south. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, always, yeah, always do your research. Yeah. You, you might be in a really cold place, but you can find some warm weather pretty quick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
to that traveling is a great way i'd say what, what were you gonna say Pat? i was gonna say that that's just a nice segue into one of my you know, perfect I, ideas i had on this topic was just um don't you know don't overlook your the fisheries that are in your backyard exactly you know in the off season i mean you may be somebody who you know in the summertime or whatever in the peak season you like to go to you know destination fisheries or you know you have your spots that you love you know but but i mean most of us even if you live in urban areas are going to have some type of fishing close by right you know um could be a pond could be a bass pond carp um whatever the case may be just getting out there and being able to do some casting and 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 just kind of you know get back in the swing of things right that's huge i mean you yeah know? you heard cameron and i just talking like oh tarpon bonefish permit well i mean you drive three hours away and you got you know you got carp exactly freshwater permit basically right there exactly a little, little slimier but hey yeah um and they're incredible fish to fight and totally and, and chase uh so i mean they're they're right there yep so you don't have to you don't have to spend a couple thousand dollars or twelve thousand dollars you know to go do these expensive elaborate trips exactly they're just a you know over the hillside exactly i mean i you know i grew up in colorado springs and you know so urban environment um you know growing up you know we'd make trips to you know up into south park and fish the south flat and everything like that right but um you know right in town you know there's a couple little lakes and stuff that have trout in them um they've got bass in them stuff like that um you may, I mean, in addition to just practicing your casting and working on your skills and everything like that. Good point. You may, you know, find another passion, you know? Right. You're like, wow. Don't get too far ahead yet. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think we're Our on, fearless leader. We're, we're, on the, we're on the right track. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, I just think, you know, don't overlook things in your backyard, especially in the off season. Um, you know, a lot of us, I mean, we're all talking about how we have busy lives and everything like that gets in the way of fishing, gets in the way of fun and stuff. But you may only have, you know, a few hours on a Sunday afternoon and stuff. You can go fishing. You That's know? funny how you worded that. My wife would say that fishing gets in the way of life. <laughs> right, right. I don't know what she's talking about. Fishing is life. life. Yeah. Life gets in the way of fishing is really what it amounts to. Exactly. Couldn't agree um, more. <laughs> so I missed a little bit. I went to go take a quick leak. But you, when I came back, you were talking about casting. And yeah. that's, that's another thing yep. that, you know, is, is kind of on the list here is – cast like practice practice your cast exactly and that that can be a tough thing to do especially where we're at you know where there's snow on the ground all the time it's tough to practice your cast you can't do that inside all the time right but there are options yep you know echo makes that cat that practice rod yep um and sweet it looks like an ice fishing rod i mean it's super short yep um but it's it's got a strain of rope you know maybe 20 feet or so yeah um attached to it with a piece of yarn at the end yep and it performs like a fly rod yeah um, it is one of the best things to work on your cast those practicasters are awesome and actually what they what they are and I, the only reason i know this is because I, I talk to a lot of yeah you know i deal with a lot of sales reps and stuff and people in the industry but yeah, those are really just the top half of a fly rod with a cork on it yeah and so it really point. is i mean that's the part to feel that tip of that's the, rod. the part you're yeah. feeling when you're yeah. casting a that's full a size fly rod yeah. and so the even if it's just that practicaster you're building the muscle memory to control the tip yep and and just and you can see in real time how that yarn and how that rope reacts and i mean it's a tougher thing to do but you can still work on roll casts with that thing absolutely and feeling the tip and trying to shoot that line out yeah um and that that is a 
great thing to use. And you can, in most houses, you can use that. And it's super uh, fun, man. I, I've, oh yeah. I've had one for years and this time of year, just set up some little targets in your yeah, living canes room. or yeah. whatever, yeah. you know, and just your hit. cat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I was playing with my new puppy with that out in Texas, just like hit him on the head with it. He'd grab it and you can play fighting a fish, you know, or whatever. So fun. Um, <laughs> and just hitting that target. So that, that, would you call it a practicaster? Practicaster. That's what I call it. Okay. Um, cause I know echo makes it or the ones I've seen is echo. Yeah. Echo, um, I think, you know, I think a lot of them do now. Echo, I know Reddington does, okay. I know Orvis does. So I haven't, seen, a the, handful I haven't seen the Reddington one, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's a great way to do it, especially inside. Definitely. Um, if, if you are in warmer conditions, you know, you can <clears throat> practice on the lawn exactly. um, or soccer field or football field or whatever. I remember a couple of years ago, knee surgery, I'd take out four or five different rods and once it got warmer, you know, and the grass was open, I'd just fly line in a leader and just practice each single rod, you know, anywhere from a four weight all the way up to a nine weight and yep. just practice casting left hand and right hand just cuts, you know, I was like, well, yep. I'm just trying to figure it out and just hit targets. I'd set up buckets or hula hoops or whatever and just try and let, and you can even tie a piece of yarn yep. to the end of that leader and just land it in those areas. If you want to float it down or if you want to be on target, yep. you know, and how to, how to work that rod tip yep. and be able to hit it. Um, so practice on a lawn is great. If you, if you can, yeah. you know, if there's no snow or whatever in certain areas, you can go out. The other thing you can do lawn. too, like if you're, you know, there, there's a lot of anglers out there who, I mean, we're trout anglers, you know, so yeah. yarn is going to simulate a dry fly. But For sure. There's a lot of anglers that just fish streamers, you know, just salt water or whatever. <clears throat> they're on the white or, and so, um, you can take a, you, know, you can take a big streamer and cut the hook off or you can, yeah, you can that. that's exactly what I do. Yeah. yeah. You know, or you can actually tie like a, a, a nut, you know, on right. there, like a steel nut on there too. And that simulates the weight too. And then, and then, you know, it's good practice too. Cause you don't want to hit yourself in the back it, of the head or hit your rod and break your rod. I right. was just yeah. going to say that. Yeah. You don't so want to hit yourself with that it, or hit your rod. It teaches you how to cast with that weight on there. And that's what you want to practice is how you're going to be fishing. Um, there's a, another thing I saw a couple of years ago on gink and gasoline. They posted, you know, working on your cast um, and they're actually in the Bahamas doing a hosted trip and set up a rig. Um, and I figured out just by looking at that rig, how to build it at home, but it, I don't have it up right now. Uh, yeah. yeah. You're looking for it. I don't have it up right now, but it was basically, you know, a piece of rope tied to, they had it tied to two different trees, but then they had a piece of PVC and they had a butt section attached to that PVC. Um, and it's basically what you're doing is just trying to stay on a level plane with and not break your wrist or not raise your elbow too high or raise your shoulder too high or whatever. And just staying on that level plane and moving that PVC along the rope. And I actually have that posted on my website, how to build that at home. Cause I had it up for months. At, I mean, Ryan McVeigh saw it up at my house and I'd sit there and just work on left hand and right hand and just working yeah. on an even plane <clears throat> and just coming forward, coming back, you know, and just, moving that PVC along that rope, trying not to raise it too high or raise it too low. Cool. Um, and so that's a, that's a great option. It's super cheap to build. I mean, if you, if you got a butt section laying around, you can figure it out. I mean, you, I, I taped a piece of rope to that butt section and ran it through the PVC. Right. And then I can just run it up and down that, that other rope that's attached. And I just, you know, used hooks 
on my walls and just screwed them into the walls and put the rope on there. And like I said, it's on my website. I figured out how to, how to make it. And it took a while figuring out how to make it. But once I did it, it was was like, Oh, this is no brainer. Like this is a really cool way to practice your cast at home. Your girlfriend or wife might not like that, (laughs) but if you live alone like me, it's pretty easy. Or boyfriend or husband. Yeah. Or boyfriend or husband. Same thing. That dog dog won't hunt in my house. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, I set it up here, here and there, you know, and just, it's, it's, it's easy, easy to work. Yeah. It's Um, it's pretty cool actually. Yeah. It's, and it's amazing how quick you figure out how bad your cast is and how bad your form is. You're like, Oh man, like I'm not doing this how it's supposed to be done and tight shoulder or tight elbow, Mm -hmm. you know, and just bringing that rod back and moving it forward on a nice, even plane. Cause a lot of people, I was talking to a buddy last night about that. I was like, you know, I didn't want to bring it up, you know, while we were fishing, but it was like, Hey man, like he's got a saltwater trip coming up. And I was like, you got to work on that cast a little bit, you know, like, you raise that elbow up too much, like that wind's going to catch that line, you're going to be screwed. You know, yeah. like you got to keep a tight elbow, tight loop, you know, on a nice, even plane. Yep. And and that's a great way to practice your cast at home where you never have, have to leave or break out a right. rod. That's cool. Yeah, um, especially for us trout guys, man. We, guy, learn so many bad habits on the trout river when oh, you yeah. get to the salt. Like just so many bad Well, because you're, you're, you're doing so many different techniques, oh, yeah. you know, as yeah. far as dry fly fishing or nymphing or streamer right. fishing. Like you're casting so many different ways. Yeah. Well, nine times out of ten, it's not even about the cast, right? It's all about the drift. So yeah. we're not even worried about the cast. No, as, as long <laughs> as I can get it in right. there then, and make a good yeah, so drift. Yeah, we're doing all care. kinds of ridiculous. Yeah motions trying to just yep. tuck it under the willows or whatever and man you get to the salt water and it's a whole different ball yeah. game you yep. want to roll cast so hard <coughs> oh. and you're like that was what am i doing oh uh, yeah you know like, i mean what? i've caught plenty of bones yeah roll same casting, yeah but never same. but never a double digit bone on <laughs> no. <a roll> cast. <laughs> no but i mean as far as that goes you know working on your cast at home and and being able to target things you know you can go to the salt and you got a tail and bone on the bank and you're like i've seen this situation before mm-hmm. you know i can put that fly you know a foot ahead of that bone or whatever right on the bank at 50 feet or whatever you need to do and be money right. just you like have, you would trout fish exactly just like you're throwing <clears throat> a dryer streamer exactly you know just right and hit that bank as long as you have that muscle memory and you and that's a big thing that people lose is that muscle memory absolutely yep. if you're not yep. watching it or doing it all the time then you lose it very yep. very easily right yep. And it's tough for people who aren't out there all the time to totally. come back on the boat or on a walkway or on a flats boat and be like, right. oh, I know what I'm doing. Right. Because most times you get schooled. Right. And you're like, nope, you don't know what you're doing. You need to work on your cast at home. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, that's a big thing to stay sharp in the off season. Right. Absolutely. And just thinking about that, you yep. know, and just, and I mentioned watching people cast and, kind of going into like i watch a lot of people cast on a boat as a guide oh yeah and i watch terrible casts i watch great casts i watch mediocre i watch people who have no idea what they're doing you know and like you have to work around all these different things and try and get people to put something like they're doing something they've never done in their life right and try and teach them how to do that but as far as watching you can do that at home you can watch that's another thing it was like watching videos doesn't have to be tips and tricks or whatever. It can just be watching fishing videos. Yep. Right. And as far as fish porn goes, you know, I mean, that's what we call it. You yeah. Know, it's yeah. fish porn. You know, Absolutely. you're watching people fish destinations you'll never get to go to. Yep. But <laughs> you get to watch them cast uh, and you get to watch those situations. My niece just put me in the spot the other day. I was, uh, oh God, I was making, she was watching this like kids YouTube thing. She's watching other kids unwrap presents. 
and I was making fun of her. And I was like, why would you want to watch some kid unwrap a present? She's like, well, you watch guys catch fish all the time. <laughs> so true. And I was like, ah, oh, man, my 10-year-old niece just, just schooled me. Screwed. Why would you watch this for hours? <laughs> no, it's true. That's wild. I mean, there's, I mean, it's like kids watching other kids play video games. I know, man. It's hilarious. You know? Yeah. It's the same thing. On right, the yeah. internet, they're like, I want to watch this guy play a video game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or there's like a because whole thing with like you know asmr like massage mm-hmm. you know, if you watch a video of somebody getting a massage you literally feel it like it, it like, relaxes are you serious you. i'm serious youtube it dude have you done it i've done it and it's very relaxing yep no shame in that <laughs> no shame in that i'm talking just wild. a shoulder massage bro i'm telling you folks it, there's yep. no shame in his look he's this is his thing no he's it serious. will relax you you'll be like wow that looks so he's serious good I really feel that. But, like, I always believed, like, the more you watch, like, even as far as, like, while you're sleeping, you know, like, you dream about those things. Like, during guide season, like, I have dreams about fishing. And I have dreams about fish eating dry flies and, like, different scenarios. And I have dreams about indicators going down, you know. And, like, you wake up half asleep and you're like, whoa, you know, and you're setting the hook, you know. But I would say, like, watching these things – Again, no matter if it's tips or, you know, like Tom Rosenbauer on the Orvis or whatever, teaching Mm. you how to roll cast or teaching you how to double haul. Like I go back and watch those videos because I can get info from that on teaching and how to teach it better. Well, and also, man, like even not just teaching, but learning too, right? You like see him do something or just talk about something that you, for whatever reason, even though you've been fishing your whole life, you didn't think about that little that little snap or that little yeah. thing that he just did. Like, oh shit, I should be doing that. Oh, definitely. Or, yeah. or I like the way that looked, right? Yeah. Or like, man, well, I mean, like well. this is a great example of us fishing years ago, and you know, I was watching you. You know, as a guide, I'm watching right. my buddy fish, and I'm like, oh, well, I could be doing it differently. You know, <laughs> yeah. like I'd probably do it differently. You know, but watching you and it was just like a minor correction on your mending right you know i was like hey man like you don't need these classic big mens mm-hmm. that everything has taught you and videos have taught you and people have told you right you know you got to learn to read the water and how you need to mend and immediately you made that mend and started catching fish yeah it was and like, you made yeah. a different correction just right. a small correction and right. it was like boom 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 right yeah. and then that one mend changes everything everything right. it made you think about mending completely different right yeah. Like, why would I throw a big man yeah. here ever? Like, yeah. where, you know, like, I mean, don't do wrong. But that's just me watching play. you, right. you know, and like watching people fish and cast or whatever. Totally. Yeah. Um, and I mean, lately I've been watching a ton of YouTube, just like, I mean, honestly, like fish porn. But um, uh, one I found, I'm sure a lot of people know about because it, it's Tom Rosenbauer has been doing it as well. But the new fly fisher yeah. um, mm-hmm. is unbelievable. Like, yeah. occasionally you find like, where he goes to a good place with a good guide that is actually like instructing him and teaching him how to be a better fisherman. Right. Um, and I, I learned a lot from some of those guides that I was blown away. Just oh, on yeah. little things that were like, well, that's a lot easier for me to teach that now that yep. I know this. Yep. Mm-hmm. And like, I've always known, but didn't know how to, you know, articulate it. Yeah. Right. And so it was like, it was good for me as a guide, you know, not only just as a fisherman or a fisherwoman, but as a guide you know, to watch some of these things and be like, oh, now I know how to teach it differently. Right. I can work on it differently. And you're constantly thinking. Yeah. 
-hmm. you know, I mean, this is not only a job, but a passion, you know, and like, that's like, we're always on it as guides as far as I, as far as I go. Right. Well, that's, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, that segues into another one of the points that I, you know, had in mind for, you know, this topic of staying sharp in the off season is, you know, be a mentor, you know? So, you know, we talk about going fishing and everything like that, but like you learn so much from teaching that, you know, when you, when, you know, if it's the off season, you can't go fishing or whatever, like take a family member out, take a friend, uh, maybe get involved in a club or something like that, or if it's to your chapter or whatever, but, you know, teach somebody something, you know, because in teaching, you're also, you're going to feel gratified teaching them and sharing your knowledge. That's what we do as guides. And that's a reason that we guide is because we enjoy sharing that knowledge but you're also going to learn something through teaching. You're going to learn a better way to teach, or you're going to learn, you know, something about the way people learn, or you're going to learn a better way to fish, you know? So just be a mentor, you know, somehow, you know, like a family member, whatever it is, you and know? That, that's huge for other people who are just getting into the sport as well, or don't know that they want to get into the sport. Totally. And you start working on something, they're like, oh, this is really cool, exactly. you know, as far as... I mean, casting or anything. And I mean, tying is on here, you know, like obviously tying is a big one. We can jump into that in a minute, but, um, I've, I mentioned this to you the other day, Patrick, but I was listening to a podcast, the captain's collective, um, and her and Blaine chocolate was on there. And I can't remember exactly how or who said (laughs) it. Um, I, I don't want to screw it up, so I'm not going to say who said it, but, they're talking about same thing like teaching and mentoring and Blaine tells the studio, he goes, Hey, thanks for letting me ride your coattails all these years. And the guy looks at him and goes, no one should be riding coattails. We should all be riding on each other's shoulders and we should not be thinking that you're, you know, like holding on to somebody's coattails and then not telling you or teaching you things. You should be, they should be riding on your shoulders and you should be there holding them on your shoulders and teaching people how to do it. And that, that quote really like, you know, connected with yeah. me. Cheers to that. Yeah, cheers yeah. to that. Like that. Cheers because to that. that's how we all should be in this. And I, I like that perspective is mentoring and teaching and just like, again, clubs or anything you get into. Whatever it is. Whatever it is, is try and get, get something in the sport <clears throat> where you can teach or help someone get into it. And totally. that'll, that'll help you keep you sharp. As, exactly as far right. as that goes yep you know i know that helps me you know and like i said i watch these videos because it helps me teach and it helps me learn as well things i didn't know or yeah. how to do certain things right yep um where i was like oh i've never done that before and like oh now i know i've been in that situation but i didn't know how to handle it oh yeah right. you know and i watch these videos and i'm like oh yeah i got it now like i can i can remember that and figure it out when we're on the water yep yeah there's there's an old quote i can't remember who said it you know but it's something like you know if there's a there's a lecture hall with a hundred students in it and a professor, you know, who's going to learn the most is the professor. Right. Yeah. You know? And it, it's a funny thing, you know, but it, but it's true. You know, it's the, the one who teaches, they learn so much, you know, and it's not to say that the, the students don't gain value from it too. They're learning too. Yeah. But, but through teaching and through, you know, mentorship and all that stuff, like you gain a lot out of that. Oh, you definitely you really do. do. I, I know I walk away from most days like or a good day guiding. Yeah. Where you come in and you're like, you know, this and you try to come in every day with a good mindset, but some days it doesn't work out, you know, and you're like, ah, you know, I did what I could. You right. know, but then there's those days where you're like, Whoa, 
we all learned a ton and you walk out with a better mindset and you feel like you learned more than that that client did that totally. day. Right. Yep. Like I learned a ton and yep. I know how to be better on my next trip. Exactly. And I know how to be better for this client next time. Yep. Um, and that, that's a big thing as far as guiding goes, you know? Um, and th- what's cool is like, this is all wrapping up to what we're going to talk about or on the next yep. podcast. Yep. <laughs> I like it. It's building up. It is. Um, but we, we mentioned tying, you know, and like tying classes or whatever, like go take tying classes. There's tons of fly shops around the country that do tying classes every week or once every month or, you know, who knows, or they have, they bring people in to tie and do demonstrations. And I know for me, like as an artist, you know, and just like tying is an artistic expression for me, you know, and, um, tying for me teaches me about the bugs that I'm fishing. Um, and when I sit down and tie and how I want to manipulate that certain tie, I might have a certain, bug I want to represent or I have a pattern I want to represent, but I might change it my own way because I want it to drop faster yep. or I want it to not drop as fast or I want a little more flash or I want this just yep. because that's worked for me. But tying is a great way to learn about bugs mm-hmm. and learn wh- why you're doing what you're doing. You know, when you tie that bug on, you know, learning what you're doing while you're fishing that bug, like you can sit there at the vice and be like, have a come to Jesus moment almost. And like, and it, it just hits you and the light goes on. You're like, Oh, right. I get it. I understand what we're doing now while you're tying those bugs. And that that's, I mean, that's a different thing to get into. It's more expensive to get into, you know, I mean, you could uh-huh. be fly fishing, never got into tying and that's right. a whole nother episode of getting into tying. But I mean, it, it's not cheap. It's not easy, but I mean, I sit around <clears throat> a lot of the winter and just tie and tie yep. for myself, tie for clients, tie, so that I can, and, and manipulate patterns right? and learn about patterns, you know? Yep. And so a lot of times I'll, I'll just go online and be like BWO emerger and just like, see what kind of patterns are out there right. yep. and be like, Oh, I like that. I like this. I like this aspect. I'm going to kind of put something together for this, Yep. you know, or I'm just going to tie the basic bars emerger and like, this is what I'm tying. Yep. And you know, tie a dozen, but like, cool, I can call it a day now. Right. You know? And I mean, I, yeah, I, I almost do the opposite. I don't even tie very often. I do tie like my basic patterns that I need that I know I'm going to spend a ton of money if I don't tie. Uh, but I got books and books on entomology. I just love aquatic insects. I just think they're awesome. That's so cool. I just research bugs, bug behavior. Um, I don't even research how fish behave with bugs. I just love the aquatic insect life. It's so cool. Um, and you could spend your whole life doing it. You talk to Kevin Alexander has spent his whole life doing it. Yep. It's so cool just to get into that topic um, without fishing, right? Uh, the aquatic insects are plenty cool without even talking about fish eating them. So cool. Um, and that, I mean, you could spend your whole winters just researching that, and that's kind of where I do. Um, and I'm not dying very much. Uh, I'm pretty busy with a kiddo, but, uh, man, but, just I mean, you can about books. You can understand a hatch more, you know, Oh yeah, more intimate now, and right. be like, "Hey, I know what's going on. Oh, I know what's happening." Absolutely. I mean, and I can pick a bug out of my box because I know more about it. And that's again reading. That's right. what I have written down too: is reading about fly oh, fishing, yeah. reading about bugs and hatch. I mean, I literally have down like hatch charts. Right. You know, like that's what 
we do is like you want to study it more so that you can be better at right. it when it comes time. Right. Well, and there's also the poetic aspect. I mean, you start reading like guys like Ted Leeson or uh, Thomas McGuane. Yeah, McGuane. You know, yeah. Like Garak. Yeah, Garak. I mean, like yeah. I honestly think the best literature on planet Earth is about fly fishing. Yeah. I mean, you start reading this stuff. I mean, and shout out to Ted Leeson because I think he's the best fishing uh, writer there is, but. Uh, I mean, you start reading these guys, man. You want to find passion? Yeah, uh, that's how you do it. <laughs> oh yeah. You want to get your stoke up for next year? That's how you do we it. We have one right here. Right. Patrick writes blogs for right. Orvis and Three Rivers. Like, I mean, he, and he and I've posted some of his blogs. And mm -hmm. yeah, amazing writer. Yeah. And you can Thank read you. about you I know read what your stuff. I like it. what thanks Patrick thinks, and you know what he what he's thinking about in the off season as far as either winter fishing or gearing up for spring or whatever. I mean, he's got tons of things out there mm -hmm. that describe it. Um, and it's a, it's a great, like my dad always told me, you know, like you don't have to get an education as long as you read. That's right. You know, cause you can get I everything you need to know from books as long as you read. And I can be bad at it at times, you know, where I'm like, I'm not reading, I'm not getting an education, <laughs> but it, once you start, you can get into it. And there, uh, reading is, it's a, sometimes it's hard for people to comprehend that. instead of just watching it, you know, they, it's hard to read for, for me, for sure. Like reading something and being like, I don't know what the hell this guy's right. talking about. Like, yeah. I have no idea why he's doing what he's doing. Right. But you just got to find the right person to read, you right. know, and, yep. and there's tons of them out there. Um, I mean, Wolf has some good books as well, no, you no. know, about yep. just fly fishing and yep. just thinking about fly fishing and being a fish, you know, and like, yep. why does a fish do what they're doing? Right. You know, and here's how we got to think as fly fishermen, how to do these things so that we can put them in our net, you right. know, and it's a, it's a weird concept, but I mean, that'll keep you and that goes back to, I mean, you're going to start dreaming about it. You're going to start yep. thinking about it constantly <clears throat> yep. about how to better yourself. And these are, I mean, all these have been great things like to do in the off season. Right. Yep. And I know like I'm constantly thinking about this stuff in the off season. I'm trying to find outlets and trying to find ways to do it right. and be in that chase that dragon again, you right. know, where I'm like, how can I get the tail of that just the tail i just want the tail yep. of that dragon yeah like let me just get back on that ride again a little bit right. uh well you should see me play calendar chess all month i'm just like watching days like how can i make this work how can i get the kid in daycare <laughs> how can i get the day kid in daycare when the wife's at work so i can go get one day oh, for sure and like two days a month that's not bad that's not bad on the water right. <laughs> chasing that dragon yeah, man. Um, i mean we're all a bunch of junkies let's be honest we really are man and i mean it there's again as far as reading and watching like movies or youtube's great you know as far as reading like there's again tons of articles about out there about books and certain books is it, it might not even be about like how to be better at fishing right. but just get you in the moment of fishing right. you know like thomas mcguane has a ton of those where it's Absolutely. just it's like poetry you know right. you're reading stories about his fishing expeditions and how he thinks about these fishing expeditions. And it just kind of gets you in a better mindset a mm -hmm. little bit. Cause I know for me, you know, as far as winter goes, like, again, I just hit like that withdrawal and like a big depression where it's like, this sucks. This right. is hard. Yep. You know, like if I can't fish, I can't guide, like this is tough, mm -hmm. you know? And like, well, we can't ski. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like not a lot of snow. I mean, but it, it keeping that mindset, 
I guess, is like just having that mindset and yep, right. continue to think about it. If this is something you want to do and like it, as far as, again, as far as a fisherman or as a guide, you know, as a guide, obviously it's like, this is my passion and job. And that's a tough thing to draw the line at, you right. know, like w- passion and job. It's, it's a very interesting thing. Not many people have that. True. Um, yeah. We're all kind of fortunate in that way. Yeah. Where trout is our passion and our job. Yeah. And, I mean, I work with fish all day long. I don't guide, but the second I get away from my fish, I'm trying to catch other fish. Yep. Uh, yeah, you can definitely tell that everyone's really passionate about what they do around here. Oh yeah. <clears throat> it's all about trout. I all love a lot it. of different species, but it's all about trout. Man, it is. I love them. It really <laughs> is, man. I, I had another classic. Matt Miller saying, and I can't remember it right now, but maybe it'll come up in a minute. It was further back when we were talking about other stuff, but maybe it'll come up. Right. But Well, I, my brother and I were just talking about trying to get a rooster fish trip together. But every trip I ever do, Andros or Baja or whatever, the second I get there, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of ready to go home. I'm ready to go <laughs> chase trout again. <laughs> Dude, and that, I mean, just talking about that, it, like, it is like you can go, like, as far as trout fishermen go, you know, like, you're either are or you're not. Right. You know, like, saltwater fishermen are not trout fishermen, and I get it. You know, I understand it completely. They didn't grow up trout fishing right. for the most part. And they talk a lot of crap about people that do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you're constantly wanting more trout, bigger trout, like learn more about them. And it, it is a thing, you right. know, trying to focus that energy on just that species. Um, uh, and it's, it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It's very overwhelming. And, I mean – I'm like, I, I attribute it to like, I don't know if you've ever seen that stupid rom- rom-com fever pitch yeah. with uh, Jimmy Fallon Definitely. and Drew Barrymore. Uh-uh. You basically like, she, they go on this date and like they go to his house and his whole house is filled with like Boston Red Sox memorabilia. And like his sheets are Boston Red Sox, his towels are Boston Red Sox, like everything. And I attribute it to that, like thinking about myself, I'm like, do you have fly, I'm like, do you have fly sheets? Uh, well, dude, I got a fucking fish blanket on my bed, you know, and there's artwork everywhere and like in the bathroom everywhere. And like, I think about it like that. And I'm like, man, is this, is this bad? Like, am I, am I that person where I'm just addicted to it? And like the whole movie, he's like blowing off right. his girlfriend to go to the Red Sox games and like yeah. trying to bring her to the games and she doesn't want to go. And like, that's how I feel, you know, at times yep. I'm like. Man, I'm that crazy person. Like, yeah. I, my, I mean, yeah. There's artwork all over the table of me yep, just sitting right. here doodling, and like, there's paintings over there, paintings over here. There's pictures everywhere, and it's like that's there's pictures on the fridge of me holding fish. Right. You know, like it's a nice brown, by the way. That was a nice fish. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's yeah, it's an obsession. It's a passion. It's an obsession. Right. It's it's hard. It's hard to overcome that at times where you're like, people don't get it. Uh, yeah, you got to really be careful in your life, too. Uh, if you're like me, my wife's not a big fisherman. She loves the water, loves to get on the river, which is why I bought a boat, basically, so she'll let me yeah. keep fishing with the family. Uh, it's my hustle. Uh, it's a $8,000 hustle. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's it's funny. She's just like, they, they just don't get it, right? Uh, it's just like you 
you get off work, you go fish. You get, you go to work, you fish. You're like all you do is fish. Like you, you're so such a one track mind. Like, uh, but and I, again, it's not always fishing. Right. It's just like thinking about it. Right. Or like I mean, I'll sit there and just be like staring off blank into space, you know. And it's like, what are you thinking about? I'm like fishing. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> I was thinking about how I got this dry eat and I didn't get, set the hook right and like how I can do better on that. <laughs> You know, I'm like, it's, it's dumb, but it's true. You yeah, know, so like true. if you're, if you're constantly thinking about it, then you start getting better at it Yep. and it keeps it in your head, you know, that you need to work on these things <clears throat> or whatever. And that's again, staying sharp, you right. know, and like being, especially for guys, you right. know, like yeah. I got to be sharp. I got to be in it. I got to be thinking about this constantly because yep. this is my job. This right. is what I do. I have to put people on fish. Right. And, um, I, I mean, Another one that is like very overlooked is knot tying, man. Like that's tying a, knots. That's a good one. And that mm-hmm. that's it's a good one. I like that you included that. Yeah. Because I I didn't think about it for a long time. Yep. But if you are constantly staying up with tying knots, then when you get on the water, let's say let's say you are a guy and you get on the water that first day with your client and like you're stumbling around and you're like, I can't even remember how to tie this right. knot. <laughs> or you're you just look, slow. Or you're right. slow you're at like, it. I because it, I mean time is money. Uh-huh. It is. Time is money to them, time is money to you. Yeah. And so if you're slow, if you're not on it, then you're missing out on fishing time. Yeah. Well, as a guide, you are a rigging machine. Yeah, you have to be. You're a master of tying knots and untying knots. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you have to be a rigging machine. I, I mean, I talk about it in our guide school every spring, you know, and we do a whole, you know, session on tying knots. And it's just like, you know, you need to be proficient to this, you know, these knots. And it doesn't have to be a lot of knots, mm-hmm. you know. You have your confidence knots. It's three knots probably, you know. But you just need to be so proficient that it's just like no brainer what are yeah. your three what are your three go-tos uh clinch knot i i personally tie a standard clinch knot i don't do a cl- double clinch you don't I do don't, an improved i don't do it yeah, yeah improved yeah thank you <laughs> i yeah double I don't whatever i don't even know what it's called see yeah i don't um, either i don't do, i don't do the improved yeah it's just what you know and no wonder I, you guys it, lose so many flies yeah no, i'm kidding <laughs> well it's just confidence you're the one right? saying yeah you don't, for sure you're the one you don't fish under 5x anyways <laughs> yeah why would you <laughs> yeah no, I, I get you. Sorry. No, it's cool. Uh, clinch knot, uh, <laughs> surgeon's knot, and uh, you know a loop knot. Gotcha. That's all. Like I need. a non-slip loop or what? Yeah, you know something to tie streamer on. I got gotcha. you. What if you got to tie like a bud knot? You tie blood knot. Yep. <laughs> but usually I just tie a surgeon's knot. Right. So, like, yeah. you know, the, do you just tie, a, you don't tie a double? You just tie a regular surgeon's? Or uh, yeah, surgeons? triple surgeon's. I triple actually have surgeons. a client. He's a really good client of mine. He's, he, he's actually, he's one of these unicorn clients who's like really good at fishing. Uh, um, those are tough to find. Yeah, they, they are. <laughs> they are. He's, man. he's actually a surgeon. Um, oh, man. He's you a got surgeon. the freaking dude. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> he's teaching you knots like crazy. He's, he's awesome. But, but, uh, but yeah, I remember having him on my boat and, uh, he's like, what knot are you doing? You know, and I'm like triple surgeons. And he says, uh, actually a surgeon's knot is a triple surgeons. Yeah. Okay. If it's a double surgeons, that's not a surgeon's knot. A okay. surgeon's knot always right. goes three times. Three. Right. Okay. So a surgeon's knot by definition, if you're a surgeon is a triple surgeon. So Interesting. Like, oh, that's cool to know. Yeah. Do you, do you tie it by hand or do you use your forceps? Tie by hand. Tie by hand, I, you know. Have you, you seen that yeah, forcep trick? I have. You and, like the lefty knot, right? 
Yeah, yeah. It, they call it now lefty cray, I think, lefty yeah. knot. Yeah. And yeah. it's a double surgeons, yep. but technically not a surgeon. Yeah. Yep. Double surgeons with your forceps. Right. I we have, And it is one of the quick – like yeah. if you got to tie on tip it quick. It's oh, pretty it's, fast. It's it is. Well, I'm not a guide, so I do bloods to everything. Like I'm yeah. all about blood nuts. Yeah. And, and Jake's, that, Jake's that way, though. Jake's ties, that way. Jake ties blood knots. And he does, and he uses he forceps and everything? No, nope, he just ties okay. blood knots. I'm thinking of a different Jake. You're talking about uh, Kepler. Okay. Yeah, Kepler. Yeah. He, he ties blood knots. He's a blood knot guy. Yeah. Yep. And yep. I know a lot of guys like that. And I've, I've showed him the devil surgeons with the forceps, and he's sitting over there tying up. And he's pretty quick at a blood knot. Yep. I'll give him that. He's quick. And I, oh, yeah. I was like, watch this. Yeah. And he goes, it's eh, really whatever, dude. Yeah, exactly. That's, he's how I, like, that's what I would say. He's like, yeah. dude, tie a blood knot. Yeah. He's yeah. like, don't don't be a loser. Just tie a blood knot. Well, and, and, and you know, there is a time and place for a blood knot. When, for a surgeon's knot, you have to be able to pull the tag in through. Yeah. Blood knot, you don't have to be able to do that. That's so, right. You know, I work in a fly shop, you know. And people come with their spinning reels, you know, and need to add, you know, 100 yards of line. You need to know a blood knot. Yeah. For sure. Um, so that's a really important knot, I think, too. Definitely. Um, if, if you guys don't know that, I, I don't know if you can look it up as the lefty knot or lefty crack. I don't, I have no idea, but it's double surgeons with forceps and it is quick. It's fast. I mean, yep. and yeah. it is pretty strong. It's deadly. It's, it's very, and it, if you can do that, like. I've had multiple clients like you got to yeah. teach me that. Yeah. Like, how do you do that? Because yeah. it's just like two wraps, grab, done. Yeah. And if I'm running boats, I'm. I mean, I can I'm run it. I can run it in ten seconds. You know, or it's just like right. done. I'm jealous. of You me, know, man. and I mean, it's I use that one constantly. Yep. Um, here's an overlooked one, nail knot. Yeah, that's we talked about that. Got to be earlier, able to tie that earlier yeah. before the podcast. Yeah. I mean, but I'm out. always I, I got the tool. I'm always carrying the tool. That's a, that's a good plan. Yeah. I always have the tool in yeah, my absolutely. bag. Absolutely, yeah. I can't tie a blood knot. You don't know tool. when you're le- you know Use your fly it, line's uh, gonna break. Knot. Oh, sorry, I can't tie a nail knot yeah. without that. Tool. I was like, I blood knot. You need it. a tool for a nail or a blood knot. I was you like, what? See my blood. But nail knot's a great one. And I mean, like like you said, I always carry the tool, and I was actually stopped in the gorge this year. Somebody needed it nail knot and there anyone have a tool and i was the only one down there out of like 10 boats that had a tool and like save that dude's day yeah you know he's like i had no idea how i was going to do this without the tool right Um, yeah i just physically can't here's here's a matt miller story might i'm not not confirmed that this is true or not but i remember (laughs) he told me one time i don't know if matt miller even listens to podcasts anymore but a lot of matt miller references on this Uh, Uh, one of the best mentors i've had i'll tell you that much he is he's amazing Um, he was telling me at the old shop he used to work for you had to tie a nail knot with no tools yep none at all none at all even like the pin uh, before you could work there shit you had to you had to tie a nail knot with no tools i wouldn't get that job (laughs) <laughs> and i'm like dude that's a that's a good trait to have yeah, yeah like is. if you can tie you a nail knot, and i was thinking about it today i'm like how would you do that how would you run like I you can use it. your finger and like run the fly line and wrap around your finger and like get it done if you absolutely were in a pinch yeah. um but that's a very overlooked knot that not is. a lot of people think about that knot like no. hey i need to know how to do this yep. and honestly every time i pull out that tool I pull out how to tie a nail knot, right. <laughs> their yeah. manual that's in there. I'm yeah. like, how does this go again? Where yeah. do I put my fly line? Yeah. Where do I put the leader? Because that's, you forget. That's I mean, another one of my stay sharps. Like I before fishing season, I, I I'll pull out and I'll tie like ten butt or ten nail knots. I'm like, okay, I, I yeah. remember to do that. It's it's a good tool. It's a good, but I have that. Have I have repertoire. that pamphlet. Uh, yeah, 
<laughs> dude, I, I literally like I keep the tool with the pamphlet uh-huh. in Absolutely. the bag, and like every time I pull out the tool, I'm like looking around. I'm like pull out the pamphlet, <laughs> pulled it down. I'm like, okay, I remember now. Oh, yeah. yeah, and like I gotta put the fly line in here. I gotta wrap it. Okay, I got it. Yep. You know, and sometimes you're like, well, I screwed that one up. I'm going to cut again. I'm going to read, read, read again. Didn't see because right. it's, so it's overlooked, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, it's just one of those that you don't do very often. Right. Yep. Um, and if people don't know, a nail knot, usually you use the nail knot to test leader to fly line. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, or if, or let's say a client shows up with a nail knot already on their fly yep. line and it's trashed right. and you need to add a new leader or something, then you need to cut that fly line and add a nail knot. Right. Um, and that's it's a very overlooked knot. Another yeah. over uh, overlooked knot is a perfection loop. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That not so a lot of people know. I use yeah. a perfection loop pretty much for all my rigs. Like yeah. I, I as far as leaders go or what? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's I'm always butt section there. Yeah. Butt section to fly line. But let's say you use that nail knot and you got butt section on your fly line, and then you're like, now what? How do I attach right. my leader if I just tie it on butt section? Right. Like you can attach a full leader using that nail knot. Mm-hmm. But let's say you're trying to set up a client to succeed and you're like, hey, I'm gonna set you up for later days where you can add a new leader. Right. And you gotta put a perfection loop on the end of that butt section. Right. Yep. Not a lot of people know that how to tie a perfection loop. Right. And yep. it's it's very overlooked. Yep. Cause you don't do it very often. Right. Right. You know, like you really don't. Yeah. Um, and that's, a, that's a big one for me. I know is just like when I learned the perfection loop, I was like, dude, this is a game changer. Oh, it's like huge. knowing how to do this is a game changer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I would put that in my three knots for sure. Uh, I, I use perfection. We're we talking three knots now. We're talking three knots. Three knots. Three knots. Top three. I mean, I'm same. I clinched, not improved. Uh, I throw a lot of streamers. So I use a non-slip loop up a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's called different things online. Yeah. Well, and like, I don't even tie a traditional non-slip. Mine looks more like a perfection loop, actually. Yeah. Because um, I'm faster at it, and I'm usually fishing streamers in the fall, and my hands get cold, and I just I can't that that non-slip is slow for me. Uh, so I, I I just do it. It looks more like a perfection loop. I'll show you guys. It's awesome. Uh, don't do it in salt water. It's not strong enough. <laughs> 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 uh, and uh, what, what was I say? Oh, and blood knot. Yeah. That's. Yeah. I, I tie bloods to everything. I love bloods. Nice. Yeah. But I'm not a guide, so I can take my time. I would say, like, I mean, mine are non-slip loop, improved clinch, and the double surgeons, which now I know is not an actual surgeons. It's no. got to be a triple to be a surgeons. Yeah. Weak sauce. Weak sauce. And don't get me wrong. I never did a triple ever. No. Nah. Never done one in my life. Yeah, I, no, me neither. <laughs> yeah, unless you're fishing really fine. The Davies tippet. an overlook right. knot, too. The Davies Davies good. Yep. Yeah, tying to small bugs and mm-hmm. using less tippet. Yep, that's a good one. Well, Here's another yeah. one. The uh, have you guys heard of the Seeger knot? Uh huh. No, that's a good one I've too not. for doing um, very different sized tippets. Right. Like well, OX to four X or whatever. Interesting. And, uh, yeah, because you can't. Really yeah, that blood doesn't work. At but some a double point. Sir, or right. triple would work as well. It could, uh, but it's not. Sometimes as Sometimes it Seager. breaks. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The I'll Seager's have to look up the Seeger. Yeah. Okay. Right. And I actually, I mean, I'm I do my my loop knot to like size 20, you know, flies as well. If I'm fishing heavy tip it, cause I'm chasing big fish yep. um, to small flies. Right. You're crazy. Yep. <laughs> I'm saying he got You're crazy, dude. <laughs> I'm actually, your mind. I'm actually like tying loop knots to everything these days. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a lot. That's, that's a trend. I've seen I'm, a lot, I'm, lot more people some, doing loop some knots. Some wacky shit right I'm, there. I'm into it, man. I, I swear it works. 
there's a lot of guys with I mean, you. there's more movement at times. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't do it, but I, I think a lot of people I do, do it to, like, I'll, I'll do it to my point fly. Course, you know, sure. if it's a big point fly. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm throwing a big pats or, or a yeah. hopper, like, I'll do it to that. And then coming off that, I, no way. Like, I'm not going to tie that loop. Like, yeah. Well, it just comes back to being efficient. Yeah. You know, when you're yeah. guiding, especially. I'm yeah. Right. You yeah. got to be able to you gotta just rip out, the whip rate. out. Yeah. yeah. And be like, go. You're, yep. you're back in yep. the water. Yeah. Exactly. Time is money. We're man. missing water. Yeah. yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. Time is money. And yep. like, what I have down about not tying twos is like building leaders. Yeah. Um, I know I learned a lot about just not building leaders. Yeah. Building dry fly leaders or building nymph leaders. And like, it's huge. You're constantly tying blood knots. You're constantly tying double surgeons or triple surgeons. Yeah, when you're building leaders, you're using bloods. Yes, yeah. uh, most of the time until you get down to a certain point right. where you might use that surgeon's knot. Gotcha. Um, yeah. But most of the time you're using those bloods. And you'll learn really quick if you're good or bad at tying bloods. Uh-huh. You're like, oh, that one turned out like crap. Oh, yeah. I'll try that one again. Yeah, well, and if your blood looks like shit, yeah. change it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, but that's the important thing, right, is like – it, we're talking about our three knots that we use. Use your knots. Like, yeah. don't don't worry yeah. about tying Confidence. other people's yeah. knots. That, yeah. Just because you hear about them, use the knots that you tie well, right? Exactly. I mean, that's the most important thing. Yep. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, on the subject of building leaders, too, that's a way people can save a lot of money. Are you kidding me? I like, mean, I, I you know, I run a fly shop, man. Like, the amount of volume of leaders we sell, dude. I mean, it's insane, you know. And a lot of these people, you know, like, their leader, all they need to do is just add a little tippet right. or whatever the case may be. And they're putting a know. whole new tapered leader on Right, there. exactly. You know, it's, yeah, it's seven bucks or whatever it is. Right. But, you know, same thing goes with, uh, you know, with building leaders. That's cool. Yeah, very cool. Um, oh, we, oh, we could all do this at the same time. All right, yeah. let's do it. Brief intermission here. Well, we got a three Are count. we going? One, two, three. All right. Perfect. <laughs> I'll cheers to that. Yeah, I like that. That's it's good to, good to be back, boys. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is good to be back this on the show. too much fun. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, building leaders can save you a lot of money. Absolutely. Um, you know, like whether it's dry fly or nymphing or streamer or whatever, you know, it's, you don't have to go out and buy a whole fresh tapered leader. And, in fact, there's a funny thing that, uh, you know, Booth has talked about it before talking to him, but um, it's the classic when you're guiding, you know, and the, your client shows up and they got their rod and they're like, yeah, I got a fresh leader on there. And you're like, sweet. And the Take first thing you do is snip it <laughs> snip right in half. That happens. And you build your own leader from it. Uh, you more know? often like, oh. than not. Oh, totally. Yeah. And, and this is great thing for clients to learn. Like, is that when you show up to a guide trip, don't put a leader on. Yeah. Cause either your guide's going to have a leader or he's going to tell you what he wants done. Yeah, because most often than not, you're exactly right. We cut that leader down either in half. Yep. Where you might have just tied. You're like, oh great, cool. We're fishing. I'm gonna tie on a nice nine foot five x leader, and we're like, nope. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna that. cut that down to a four foot three x leader. Right. right. You know, and like yep. we want it to be this way. Yep. Um, and it just depends on. I, I, I can't stress that enough because so Especially many people in the do winter, that. Right when guys and show up with these with these pre built leaders or these tapered leaders, and you're just like, man, that's just gonna coil like crazy. Well, and we're yeah. all just so different, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. As far as as far as guides go, you know, and just I mean, that's exactly it. Like all of us, yep. Literally every single person, every guide out there, you show up with a leader on, they're gonna trash that leader. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or they're gonna be like. Don't put that on. Yeah. I got one or I have this one that I've already been working on. Yeah. I'll take it off this rod and put it on yours or whatever because yep. we have a certain way we want to do things. 
And there's, there's a reason for that. Yeah. I mean, we have a reason people might not know. And like a lot of times I'll take their leader off and be like, look, I don't want to trash this. I'll just give it, I'm going to put on That's this nice right. piece yeah. of, <laughs> but I, I'm a leader snob. I oh, yeah. really am. Like yeah. I'm a leader snob yeah. and I'm it's, it's bad because I do spend a lot of money on leaders. I mean, yeah. last year I bought 48 leaders at two bucks a pop. Cause it was like some promotion they had going. <laughs> yep. And I was like, I'm gonna buy them at two bucks a pop and I'm gonna buy nine foot four X and seven and a half foot three X. Yep. And like most times I'll put a new leader on and I'll cut it down yeah, immediately. And I'm like, right what did down. I do? Right. Yeah. Why did I buy that leader? Oh, yeah. Brando you know, did like, that to me. I was like, I really like my rig. And Brando's like, yeah, well, I don't nope. like it though. Yeah. yeah. Nope. I was like, but this is my boat, but I really like, all right, here, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I Shit. do like a lot of, um, like 90 degree rigs as far too. as nymphing goes. Like oh, yeah. if I got an indicator on there yeah. and so someone will bring me a leader, you know, and like, it's got a ton of wind knots in it or whatever. Yeah. And like, it's got all this stuff. It, they got Royal wolf tied on, yep. you know, and like a copper John behind it. And there's wind knots everywhere. And you're like, I'm just going to go ahead and cut that down to oh, yeah. about four feet. Yep. And I'm going to tie right on the indicator from here. <laughs> it's a tippet rig. And yeah, it's a yeah you're like, we're, we're done. Like, yeah. sorry. I had, and you're right. I do that a lot. I'll just oh, cut people does. and they're yeah. like, the face that they make, oh, they're know, like, it's <gasps> classic. And you're like, you want your flies back? Yeah. And there's like four feet of leader attached to them. Yeah, here you go. Like, sorry. Yeah, yeah. What's, like, a, what's a tapered floral leader go for these days? Like eight bucks, yeah, I think. For no, one. it's more than Twelve? Uh, uh, floral leader? It's yes. floral leader? It's 17. Yeah. Holy moly, yeah. dude. Oh, we were talking about that earlier. Floral's I w- expensive. I watched a guy in Gene Taylor's. He bought, uh, he bought 6X through Audex. Of the guides. Oh no, dude, he, that's got to be like five hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, jeez. And they start ringing him up, and he's like, uh, "What did I just do?" I'll that's do. why they changed their stickers on uh-huh. all of them. Yeah, because everyone was buying the guide spools. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh my god. Yeah, they and uh, yeah, he's like, "Well, I'll just take the five X." <laughs> yeah. I just want the five. <laughs> just one, actually. Yeah, I, just, I only need the five X. Yeah. I just thought the rest was like useful. I <laughs> thought it was kind of funny too. Like um, Scientific English just started making pre-built yes. Indrig leaders. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. I was like, huh, that's funny. I laughed because, I mean, it's great, you know, like, and a lot of people are going to buy that, but I yeah. laughed because I'm like, I'm well, the reason I, yeah. well, like to me, I'm like, the reason I build Hendrick leaders is so I don't have to buy a leader yeah. off the shelf. Right. And, <laughs> and they're like, we're going to, we're going to figure out our way around this. Oh yeah. It's great. Yeah. It even like, comes with a not, bobber on it. Not right. to it's, like, it's pretty great. Not to mess with scientific, right. scientific anglers. Cause I mean, that's who I buy yeah, most of my leaders from if great. I do. And yep. again, I'm a, I'm a snob. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, if I'm, if I'm putting my own stuff on, then yeah, I'm gonna put a brand new, fresh leader on them. Yeah. Feel so good about it. Oh, and yeah. Like, I mean, because but if it's Klein, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna chop that shit. You well, know? And I, again, <laughs> it's it, terrible. It just, but. And it's not, it's not like taking value away from the client, but Mm-mm. I think right. you're actually adding value because, like, look, we have six hours, seven hours, eight hours, or whatever of our day. Yeah. Like, we need to get to fishing. You know, right. like yeah. that's what you paid for. You know, right. so as a guide, you just you have to be mindful of that. Oh, yeah. definitely. Like, we we need to get you in a productive spot as quick as we can. Yeah. You know? Again, time is money. Yeah, exactly. And you for know? us, get, speaking of time or money, but yeah, for us to spend a lot of time on the water, like I'm not trying to have floral all the way down. I'm going mono, 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 floral to bite. Like, oh, for sure. I don't want right. to spend money on that. Exactly. Floral so expensive. Yeah, yeah. Especially in today's age, man. Well, and there's and there's more and more. Right. Guides that just don't even fish fluoro. Right. You know? I mean, and they're I, like, that's, that's a all whole I fish to my nymphs. That's a whole another debate is like, 
the whole mono versus floor right. thing. How much of a difference does it really make? We know? did talk about that yeah. on a podcast. Yeah. I mean, I think I we talked about fish... leaders and tippet on a podcast. Okay. I think it was Dane and I. Maybe I you were there. Yeah. I maybe it was just you and no, I. No, yeah, it might. I think Dane was. Dane part might of have that. been there. But, but we did talk about a little bit. bite on pretty much everything. I, I mean. That's a that's a yeah. whole other topic. Yeah, yeah it's can of worms. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Opening up a bigger bigger thing. Um, <laughs> Email. I'm gonna Email. do I'm gonna do two more quick ones. We've almost done two hours. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna do. So for the two it? people yeah. still listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna talk about two two quick ones real quick that aren't just like you don't need to focus on them too hard, but um, organizing just organize boxes organize your flies like i know i did that the other day like my fly patch on the top of my boat bag was insane and i literally pulled flies off i'm like i can save these i can't save these i can cut off and then tie on to these hooks or whatever just organizing things and get because you feel a lot better when you get on the river and everything's organized Mm -hmm. when you go out there and everything's in a mess you're like "Ah, i don't feel very good about this um so organizing i think like kind of can help burn some time just get your head kind of back in the game like oh i forgot about this fly you know like i'm I'm gonna put that one aside i'm gonna tie more of those or whatever right um so or i think organizing is a big thing um and again just kill some time yep Um, i agree I don't know if you guys have anything to say about no, that. No, I don't do that. What I do, <laughs> <laughs> what I do is I go fish, and then I realize how awful my rig is and how bad I'm, bad I'm set up on my pack, and I'm just like, oh my god. Well, I cut off full rigs and just like throw them in my boat bag, and right. I'm like, I'll deal yeah. with that later. Oh, yeah, and later means four months down right. the line. Yeah, in the winter. Yeah, I'll deal yeah. with that in the winter. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not dealing with that right. now. And we talk about staying sharp, but, like, when are you really, like, and this is actually a real question for both of you. Uh, we Like I said, we talk about staying sharp, but when are you really starting to get dialed? Like, what time of year are you, like, rivers open, you're starting April to get dialed? April for me. Okay. Yeah, I'd agree. April. Yeah. That's when things started, like, getting serious where you're like, all right, got to be on my game, got to keep my stuff together. Yeah, because then it's gonna it's gonna hit, and yep. you got to be on it. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, the worst thing you'd want, like, is getting on a boat or going with a guide, and you're disorganized. Right. And yeah. people are like, I've done it. Oh, me too. I've been there. I've been there. It's not fun. No, and you're yeah. out of place, and like people yeah. are looking at you like you're an idiot, and right. you're like, oh man, these clients think I'm stupid. You know, but like I'm just dis- and yeah. you're trying to rig, and you're like, I don't know where anything is. That was gonna be my next you know, question, like. like how much does it really matter? And it sounds I think, like it matters. I think it does right. to I me. Do too. I, I, you know, I think it, it, to me, it just comes down to confidence, you know? Yeah. And it's the same thing with your knots and, you know, um, tying and everything like, you know, organizing, it just builds your confidence. Right. Yeah. You know? So like when you're going to the seat, you know, you're, you're going out to your first big trip of the spring or whatever it is, or, um, that confidence plays a big role. You yeah. know, you're like, if the fishing sucks, it wasn't at least like, you know, like I, I wasn't disorganized. Yeah, you're not questioning yeah. yourself. Right. You know, like at least you're like, I did everything I could to like be on my game. And so confidence plays a huge role. Right. For sure. Yeah. Um, I don't have it written down here, but I wanted to talk about it. And this is another one that, you know, I don't harp on too much, but um get in shape as yeah. far as guide goes. Yep. You know, and I mean that sounds crazy, like you don't see a whole lot of, I mean, they're out there, but you don't see a whole lot of guides that are like going to the gym every day and like getting in shape. But like, there's things like that I work on at least leading up to spring where I'm like, Hey, I want to be in good rowing shape. 
bro, have you seen Travis? <laughs> Dude. That guy's a machine. He is a machine. But I agree with you. It, it actually as ties far in. as like stamina and you yep. know being able to you know just keep going. Yeah. Um, and like for me, as far as rowing goes, you know, like I want to get my shoulders in shape, my back in shape, you know, and like core and like again, I'm not gonna harp on it too hard, but like there's things I do at home and try and work on in the spring where I'm like I'm gonna get my core in shape, my shoulders in shape, my back in shape, yep. you know that so that I can row a boat for five months coming up and not have to worry about coming into season and being sore the first day or having blisters on my hands or, you know, coming in and you're like, man, that sucked. Like first day sucked. I was getting cramps in my arms or whatever. Like I, and I've had those. Oh, totally. I've had those days, like first guide season out water's high and you're like, Oh no, my arms are cramping. I can hardly <laughs> row. Oh yeah. Like what is going on right now? And yep. I've learned that lesson over the years, like try to get in a little better shape as far as guides go. Yep. Um, and totally I mean, agree. just fishermen in general, if you want to walk weight all summer, like, you know, you should be doing stuff <clears throat> at home to get in shape, to walk weight. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. I mean, it happens too. I mean, it happened to me a couple of years ago. Uh, I went on a, you know, three month bender drank no no exercise and then i went and walked six miles of pleasure park and a Oof. got ripped apart barely could get out of there yeah, yeah. like oh no <laughs> yeah this wasn't good and you know me i, I brought that tiny bottle of water which i didn't drink <laughs> <laughs> no snacks your soggy no sandwich food. soggy yeah. saggy sandwich <laughs> didn't even eat it uh yeah you can get your ass kicked if, oh, you're, yeah. not, if, you, if you're not coming somewhat correct right totally I, I, that's a big thing for me i mean yeah. i i've try to focus on that leading up to spring is just like at least get myself into a little bit better shape and so that i'm not coming in cold i know? i totally agree i, I mean I, you, I had you missed it but i walked in camera was hitting j- jumping jacks in the kitchen <laughs> i believe it. i was doing playing <laughs> so. <guy>. still sweaty <laughs> it's just the nerves man yeah no i i, I totally agree and I, like that was like the third final point that i had on this was just like cross training you know which is you know it could be exercising or you know if you can't get out and fish or you know actually go fishing like do something that's going to help like your reaction time whatever like maybe you you know maybe you're playing soccer you're playing basketball or like you're you know like those things are going to help you fishing you know like i think as a guide you know like you know you're an angler like you you see good fishermen out there like they're generally like the best fishermen are like fairly athletic right you yeah. know because they have good reaction time and they're you know fishing is a sport like as much as people are like like to shit on fishing and be like you know oh, you're just sitting around like watching a bobber all day like it's reaction Guys, time just drink beer and yeah. just like slowly row down the wi- river exactly I, mean, I do that but. yeah but also <laughs> there's there is a mental and physical aspect Absolutely. to it too like there really you, is. you know the more you exercise that and like, look, the best athletes in the world cross train, you know, like the best football, you know, NFL players or whatever, like they grew up playing multiple sports, you know, this is coming together so well Perfect. for the next podcast. I love it about training and being like being in that mindset and getting in that mindset and Lead getting us in, bro. I, we're going to get there. I don't want to say it all, but I mean, no, we won't say it all. I love a good segue. We're, we're you know, talking about getting into the, into shape, you know, fish in shape. And as far as mint, you know, Pat mentioned, I mean, as I far never as get mentally, out of it. I don't know you guys that. <laughs> as far as mentally and physically, you know, like it, it takes a lot. 
Um, and it, it's hard to walk into that game and be like, hey, I'm going to be good right off the bat. Right. And, I mean, I, I keep mentioning it. I don't know how it keeps happening, but all these Matt Miller, like, things just keep coming to my head. And maybe it's just, like, growing older and getting more into the game. But, I mean, he told me all the time, he's like, you know, and I, I've mentioned it on previous podcasts, but, you know, like, do you want to be good at dry fly fishing or do you want to just fish dry flies when the hatch is happening? and not be good at it right you know that's the thing it's like when that hatch happens and it's that epic hatch do i want to be good at it and be able to fish that hatch to the best of my ability right or do i want to just walk in cold and be like oh i've never done this before i'm gonna try and throw dry flies and hope this happens right you know like that's a that's a big thing is training and like getting in that physical and mental shape to be able to do those things oh yeah and hopefully that'll lead into the next podcast that, you know, we kind of, Pat and I kind of discussed. Yeah, um, man, because when fish are rising, I throw trout beads. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they frig all the time. Because like, you train for that. Train That's all I'm year. For. I'm, <laughs> trained, I'm trained for throwing Nymphrix. My job is to undercut you guys, right? Dude, when the, tra- <laughs> when the trout beat you guys are educating is on, <laughs> you're ready. I get it. I mean, it's, it's... What is the trout beat hatch off? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's always on, honestly. <laughs> it's always on. Chartreuse mop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I got to tell the story. Sexy. I got to tell the story. So when, when Pat and I were floating the gorge, he was on my boat. And fishing was a little tough. You know, it was after lunch. And... Pat's messing around, you know, and just throwing whatever he wants. He's just having fun, you right. know, and he's like, I'm just going to throw some stuff, you know, like, and we'll see what happens. And he ends up tying a hopper to a mop fly, and it was the the hopper mopper. Hopper mopper. And <laughs> all of us guys, well, two out of three of the guys were pretty pissed, one including me, and Pat's <laughs> in the front of my boat. <laughs> And I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, I've never thrown a mop fly in my entire life. I got two, and I've they've ne- never seen water. <laughs> I've never thrown a mop fly in my entire life. And he throws this giant – you threw the cream one first, I think, right? Or was it the chartreuse? I think I threw chartreuse first. I think it's chartreuse. straight to the moneymaker. And it's like four feet below his hopper. And we leave lunch, and he immediately ropes a fish, and like a good fish. You know, for the day we were having, it was right. like, this is a good fish. Like, we net it, and we we just pulled out of lunch. And Jake, one of our other guides, is looking over, and he is not happy <laughs> with what's going on. He doesn't know what Pat is throwing, though. Right. And he's like, what'd you catch that on? I was like, Jake, you don't want to know. Yeah. I was like, you don't want to know. Don't worry about it. And all of a sudden, Jake comes by, and, like, Pat's screwing around, just, like, fishing this little bucket, like, literally right next to the boat, and just lets it drift down in front of the boat. Thunk like 19, 20 inch brown on the mop fly and Jake's rolling by and we're netting this fish. And Jake was like, are you kidding me? What uh, are you dude. throwing? And I was like, dude, we got a mop on here. <laughs> and Jake was, and I was so unhappy as well. And I kept telling Pat the whole time. Yes. I was like, dude, this, this is not cool, but I'm curious. I'm curious as to why this is working. <laughs> Because we're in a tough time of year, and it's been a tough day, and I don't understand why this is happening. 
And so, I mean, we were pulling over and like changing different mop flies, changing different colors. Like, well, is it just the color? Is it the, <laughs> yeah. you're like, we got started. Now you're now. Oh, we start getting crazy. We're like, well, maybe if we threw a chartreuse egg, like what's yep. the deal? Like what, what it, if we tried this? Is it color? Is it mop? And what is it? Yeah. <laughs> Pat continually just roped fish on the mop fly nonstop for a couple hours. And like, it was upsetting to everyone uh, i was even kind of upset because i was like well gosh none of my clients have these right. like none of the other guides are really like you know we don't carry mop and how many yeah. yeah and how many why would you we and if you bugs. have patch just like the it, hopper mopper right. dude yeah, and if you I have was, one yeah. you only have one pat's right. like you know a couple modellas deep throwing the hopper uh, mopper and <laughs> a couple is very conservative yeah i was yeah. trying to be nice uh, <laughs> my man I it was a good it. time but uh, you know it. i mean when nothing else just, is working, you yeah, just, just gotta go crazy, things. man. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, just swing for the fences. You man. don't, you don't know my buddy Sullivan. You do, but Sullivan's the guy that's buying like discount flies from China. Oh, like, yeah. it's like a zug bug mixed with a prince nymph tail. or something. <laughs> yeah. like, I love those. Why does this oh, prince nymph have rubber legs right, on what's it? What's this prince nymph, dude? <laughs> <laughs> but. But man, that dude is fishy. Like you're uh, out there, and you're just like, dude, you're not gonna catch a thing with this rig. And he's got like, I mean, his leader. It's entertaining to watch. Oh yeah, he's fishing uh, like eight feet of thick leader to like five X that's barely holding on to the leader, and he tied some knot that who knows. No, he's what like, it is. I learned this on YouTube. Yeah. Someone taught me this, and you're like, uh, what is that? Yeah, I've never seen that knot before in my life. It's, Let me show you it. Like, you should never tie that again. Right. Yeah. It's dead winter. He's got like a zug bug of some sort. He's tied, got like four abs right. on. Tied to like, a, like what are you a doing. Tied dude? to a, like a bright orange, like burnt orange Pat's rubber legs, and like. Check out these like, flies gonna, I got. You're not going to catch a fish. I got them off Alibaba. <laughs> you're not going to catch a fish. And then, to to boot, he starts, like, wiggling his indicator. <laughs> and the dude starts roping fish. And you're just like, man, I've learned more from you than any. Just guy. one of those things, yeah. man. It's one the of those dude things. just, he's fishy, man. Uh, there's but, a time and place for all that stuff. Oh, man. You know, there's a time and place to match the hatch, and there's a time and place to completely yeah. unmatch the hatch. <laughs> the second I mean, really, you're, right, you're right, exactly right. I right. think I mean, there really are. is. The you second know? you think you have you, it figured you out, proved you're, it. Well, you and proved it. Well, you know, and it, it goes back to the cross training thing. Like, you know, I, I've learned some stuff from like ice fishermen too, you know, like, yeah. and, and conventional anglers. And they, I mean, some of the best anglers in the world, you guys know, are bass anglers, right? right. Yeah. I mean, like, they nerd out, you know, and they know fish behavior, you know. I think they nerd out more on that than trout anglers do. Most likely, yes. You know, and that's one of the things I picked up from them is, like, you know, when fishing's tough, like, you need to do something that's going to elicit that strike. Right. You know, like Think you're outside not, the bun Yeah, a bit. you're not trying to match <laughs> right. their forage. You're trying to unmatch their well, forage. And that's you know? the thing is, too, is, like, as – us as fishermen, we humanize fish way we too much, right? So much. We give them so much credit oh, because yeah. we've been burned by them. So oh, yeah. For, when know. fishing's tough, we're like, they're right. smart. Right. <laughs> They've been pressured. It's like, no, like, you know, like, Trattered, they're really not dumb. that right. smart, yeah. you know? No, like, they're just really overthinking not. it. Uh, what do they need? All you know? they know how to do is behave instinctually. I mean, they'll eat a piece exactly. of driftwood 
that's floating perfectly than a perfectly tied base. That's you know how many stomachs I pump right. where it's just full of slime? Yeah. 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 And you're like, you're just eating slime. Yeah, because every... You're eating Diddy Mo. Every, that's every, every that's <laughs> floating down the river. Exactly. Every tenth piece of, you know, detritus that they eat has exactly. a midge in it, yeah. and that's worth it to them. Yeah. You know? Maybe that's why a mop works. Maybe. <sighs> Looks like a piece of slime. I think I we know. just figured it out. Might be. Shit. So wait. Shit? <laughs> so what have we learned today? Uh, toast your bread? Yeah, toast your bread. <laughs> <laughs> or... Did, most Dude. importantly, toast your bread. Toast your bread. I actually, I think that's it, right? Yeah, that, that's probably bread. the takeaway from that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's been fun, boys. Uh, it has. Uh, we did over us. two hours. Um, let's get some elk tacos in us. Yeah, man. Sound good? I don't even know if I have time. I'm about to have a screaming baby yelling wife. Well, Uh-oh. you can get them on the go. I might have to do we'll that. We'll give you some on the go. Yeah, but you see these guys. They're getting gray in here. Yeah, man. I can tell, man. Yeah. They're looking old. They were brown. Yeah, like three months. They're ago. looking old. They're sparse, but they're yeah. they're gray. Well, that's because <laughs> that's because I pluck them. <laughs> He's not pointing his pubes, just <laughs> to make that clear. No, no, it's ice. beard hair. <laughs> All right, boys, it's been great. Um, again, yeah, I mean, guide trip podcast. Patrick Blackdale at Will Fly Anglers. Ryan McVeigh. Um, it's been been a great time. Yeah, uh, hanging out. I'm glad we got to do this. Good again. to get the band back together. Yeah, it too. is. It's been a while. It really is. For I hope sure. everyone enjoyed it as much as I did. Oh, I enjoyed it. Thanks, guys. Thanks. You. <laughs>